That camera's recording. That camera's recording. Hey, hear yourself in your headphones. Hello, hello, hello. Test, test. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect, man. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Kickback Podcast. We have, well, this is the continuation to a whole new era of the Kickback Podcast. As you can see, once again, brand new location. Again, we're always moving. We're always figuring things out. And I'm here with a special guest, musician, songwriter, rapper. Do you produce music, too? Yeah. Like, he does it I all. just started learning too. I did it on the <laughs> recent album I just released. Uh-huh. Um, it was a lot of fun. I dipped my toes into producing, but it, it's, it was really fun. Uh huh. I liked it. Jay Bowers, everyone. Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. the Kickback Podcast, man. I know we've been talking about it for like a while, but man, I was like, this guy, I like what he's doing. I like the yeah. podcast and stuff. So I was like, let's give I, it a shot. I do see something. I don't know. I just have a lot to learn and I'm very <laughs> excited to learn from everybody that I meet. Dude, I I do the same with music, with uh, producing, songwriting, anything like that. I dip my toes into different things of music, and I pick brains of like Ergie, Kenny, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Even from like a music video standpoint, I try to pick Ryan's brain on storyboarding, and we all come together, and it's so fun because we just, sometimes we bullshit, but other times we're like, how do we do this? Like, what do we do? What do you think is like the best way to find those ideas? Like what is something that you do that usually gives you like the best idea into your next song? You know what? It just depends because with music, I tell people this all the time when I'm songwriting because there's people that freestyle. There's people that genuinely write like me. Uh-huh. And I typically think of something from a visual, a visual standpoint um, while I'm writing. So mm-hmm. throughout the whole album I released... I was thinking, how would I put this in a music video? And ah, so you're thinking of ah, so you're seeing it like from like a film director standpoint. Mm. Where you're seeing the scene, how this song would yeah. incorporate. I see. And, it. And Interesting. It was funny because we were talking about music videos recently, and uh-huh. um, I talked to Ryan, and Ryan's like, "Dude, let me know what you need for storyboarding." And I'm typically like the guy that's like, "I'll do it right then and there. Like uh-huh. I'll picture it and go from there." But I also learned to not be as selfish and pick brains of other people because uh-huh. I'm open to anything with music. But from a visual standpoint, like I did video production in high school. So I was like, I like certain yeah. things. But picking brains of other people is so much fun because we're all pitching ideas and we're telling a story in the music video. But we're like, OK, how can we do this? And it might be like the stupidest idea sometimes. We were like, wait, time out. Actually, that might work. <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> also. Brought some prime. Brought some prime. We talked about this on Instagram, and I was like, "We're gonna bring this. We're gonna try it." Cause you never tried that one. I have never tried the blue flavor (laughs) either in the energy drink or in the regular original prime. You know what? I've never tried this in the regular prime, I believe. Uh Um, but I've tried the lemon, lime, strawberry, watermelon. Those are pretty good. Yeah, the strawberry watermelon was pretty good. Really good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. I liked. I like this one personally. This is by far one of my favorites. That's your favorite one. Mm -hmm. Damn, I'm about to get some caffeine, no sugar, electrolytes, and it's vegan. I don't know what, what that means, but hey. <laughs> nah, dude, it was um, it's a lot of fun. If it's not coffee, it's prime. Mm. Not bad? Oh, no, this one's good. That's good? Dude, this is pretty good. I had a cup of coffee earlier in the morning, so this is going to get me fully awake. <laughs> Just If it's not coffee, it's like energy like this. If it's not this, it's pre-workout. That's for yeah, sure. I can't take pre-workout. <laughs> 
I do it when I'm going to the gym. It's fun. I, you know what? I'm crazy because I mean, we talked about this behind closed doors with wrestling and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a sucker for like intense workouts. Uh Like with wrestling, it was always heaters on sweaters, all this like closed doors. We're, we're grinding. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. At the gym. It's like, I don't need to wear a hoodie and stuff, but one drink of pre-workout or one scoop of pre-workout and i'm full gone it puts you in that like little mental state where it's like i don't know the way that i can describe the sound that goes in your mind is like it's like well i always go to the gym by myself Uh um unless i'm like rolling around and like mat rooms and stuff that's different but if i'm like weightlifting i'm in my own era it's just villain arc style headphones in sigma music uh, on blast but that's it and yeah, then i yeah. finish it with uh the sauna and i'm just Oof. full go it's fun i miss the sauna the, the sauna was so cool i love the sauna because it's like i like getting a good workout intense workout i'm in my mind i'm getting my mind right and i typically do it when i'm not doing anything else early in the morning what gym do you go to uh choose choose okay and so I currently live in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. And when I moved out there, I got a gym membership and I was like, oh, it's not that far from me. Um, but sometimes I would go to the Corona one and it's just like, I like going to the gym and being in my own element uh-huh. and it's, and it's a very therapeutic thing. Yeah. Because I'm just really like, is for a lot of people. Exactly. And, and I make sure I take care of my body before and after, mm-hmm. even during, and um, I feel good. I feel cleansed. And I'm like, yeah. all right, let's get through the day. Yeah. Cause it's like, you already did something so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I like, um, I don't know if you're seeing on my stories, but I've been waking up in the morning and just going straight for a walk. Right. Mm. And you put on your shoes, put on your sweater and you go. Yeah. And it sounds so hard, but it's like, once you're out, your mind is awake, but it's in there like, uh, I just want what, what? but your body's moving. <laughs> you're still going. So it's so, it's so calm. It's so mm-hmm quiet exactly and you know what when i'm at the gym it's just i take the time like i start off about 10 15 minutes of cardio just Mm -hmm. cardio i'm on the bike um and i'm just like as if i'm cruising just clearing my head whatever negative energy that i have or um throughout the week if it was a long week use that cardio and i get a good sweat after that just pure weightlifting and I don't overlift, but I don't underlift, if that makes sense. Yeah, so you I, know your body. Like, yeah, so you I got do a good workout. Lightweight, a lot of reps. Okay. So, uh, like lightweight, but I'll do like five sets of like 15 or 20. Okay. And I just, I make sure I control my pace and I don't settle for less, but I don't settle for too much. So, it's not only a thing that I've done with like gym workouts, but it's also like throughout music or mm-hmm. if i go to the studio and ergie's like hey let's go start working on a couple things i'm like all right cool and we'll start doing all that and it's easy to clear my head that type of way because with music and it kind of it's a weird thing comparing weightlifting to music but music there's times where you become overwhelmed because mm-hmm. you're like how is this going to sound how is it going to be for public view how is it going to sound quality wise, production wise? You never know. And I would often get writer's block and it's just immediate like shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. So I have to I do certain things to clear my head, get rid of any negative uh, negative feedback towards myself. And it's just like we'll find out once we play it together. Yeah. And working out, would you say working out is one of those things that takes everything out of the oh, way? Dude, for 100%. sure. Right. It's so it's so therapeutic for me and fun, and I'm just like, 
Got it. We're good yeah. for the day. And, and then wrestling, you said, like, that's got to take the bitch out of you. Oh, you dude, know? 100%. Like, there's days where I don't wrestle. Like, I, I obviously help my dad out in Corona. And I go get a workout with the kids. And those kids are fucking mean they're tough i love them because they're like little brothers that i have to be like no go that way but they'll fuck you up but they (laughs) no like they try to but Uh they get me when i'm gassed Uh because it's so much fun getting a workout with the kids because they know hey it's like hands-on training like yeah we're having fun like they're getting their ass kicked sometimes most of the time but they catch me when i'm like gassed and they're like i want you yeah i'm like my like, turn fuck you bro. <laughs> and my dad's at the corner like laughing you're gonna let him bitch you or what <laughs> and i'm just like no give me a second and i'm like, just like do you watch ufc yeah absolutely like habib he's like not in front of father not, a- <laughs> not in front of father <laughs> you know what too coaching has been really fun because i have a lot of friends that do d1 or stepped away from amateur wrestling and just did uh mma like we've talked about tony and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but it's a cool experience because the wrestling world is so small yeah and but it's it's small in the sense of um a lot of like this amount of people doing the sport but and it's, it's i think for wrestling you really have to be in it mm-hmm. you know in order to like actually keep doing it mm-hmm. it's not like jujitsu you can do it as like a hobby at the same time where you just go and do jujitsu right and mm-hmm. have fun and true training get a good workout in mm-hmm. but wrestling you really have to be like looking yeah. at it. And that's what makes it com- the community so big in volume because mm-hmm. like we went to a tournament in Found Valley uh, this past season and I cleared my weekends out just to be there because yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's not about the money for me. It's just, I like being a mentor and that's a sport that I love. I see friends there that uh, now coach. They used to wrestle in college D1. They won state. Like we're, we're very tight. And, um, it's cool because my kids, my wrestlers, they run over to one side. I'm like, where are y'all going? Oh, Daniel Cormier is right there. And I'm like, where? And I turn and he's, I forgot he's, he's a wrestling coach. Yeah. And he's he's so cool, so friendly and took pictures with all my kids. And the next day, because it was a two-day tournament, Luke Rockhold was there. Oh. And that was fun. Because Both badasses in their day, man. It was crazy because there's two people you're going to see a lot uh daniel cormier uh-huh. and mark munoz okay. um because his son wrestled for uh trabuco hills um so mark munoz is still the coach there but sometimes dc will bring in people that he's that trains so yeah, like yeah. lou rockhold deron win um it was cool because i remember when he brought rockhold i was in the middle of coaching and rockhold like moves uh one of my friends was next to me because we we're coaching a match and Rockhold goes, excuse me real quick. And like goes, and I'm like, oh, no problem. And then I look, and I just... Are you fucking Luke Rockhold? I was like, <laughs> wait a fucking second. And then my friends, they're twins. One of them looks at me and goes, did you see that shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, that really was him, wasn't it? And it was cool, because I don't like... It's cool to see him, and they're like, ah, oh, they just... They're part of the sport. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. So that's what makes it like... Yeah, it's... it's people say it's a small community, but it, it's, it's fucking big. It's kind of weird seeing like these ufc superstars out in normal you know events because it's like i imagine like when i see them on tv i imagine them with like a huge aura think about it anime style i'm talking like (laughs) right like glowing around them so then when they're more like out of super saiyan more docile kind of peaceful (laughs) you know it's so weird seeing them you're like wow such friendly people 
little do fun. we know that that person is one of the most badass fighters in the entire world. Like DC, that tournament, DC and his staff were just talking mm-hmm. shit to each other. Um, there was one occurrence where my kid was wrestling. It was one of my upper weights. And on the side, uh-huh. uh, DC wasn't around, but Duran was. And Duran, uh, I think he's fought in UFC. He's a, he's a pretty dope dude. And he's just talking shit to his other coach, just roasting each other. Uh-huh. And he goes, you're supposed to be on our team. I think his name is Bill or something. He's like, you're supposed to be on our team. And then I'm looking, I'm like, what's going on? And then Duran looks at me and goes, you see this shit? He's on our team. <laughs> and and then the other guy, he's an older dude, and he goes, I'm going to call security on you, Duran. <laughs> and they're on the same team. But it's funny as fuck because it's like, that's the point of the community is yeah. like, we make it fun. We have fun, but like, I mean, we train, it's an intense training, uh-huh. but you got to be fun. able to hang, you know? Exactly. But if you don't make it fun, there's no point of being a part of it. Just like with yeah. music, just like with, you know, podcasts, just like with anything, anything that you love doing, if you don't love it, then mm-hmm. there's no point. And then going back to music, how you said like the whole writer's block, because a lot of artists definitely get into it. Like even not just in music, but with any type of creative Mm-hmm. art you know like oh, yeah. oh, some people are like i don't know what to draw so they won't draw anything or i don't know what to write about so they won't write anything yeah i don't know what to record so they won't produce some sort of video and i had to it got to the point so for a while and if it wasn't for ergie and kenny and everybody i would not be like the album would have released i would have been stuck in this whole like mental block not just with music but with life and we talked once i got back from I think it was Utah. Ergie was like, "Hey, me, you, and Kenny, let's let's meet up at the studio. Let's plan out for the year." I'm like, "Okay." So it wasn't just the Ergie Fest, but it was also like albums, projects, music videos. Like, what are we gonna do? And it was just us three, and we met up, and I was like, "You know what? I got an album. Let's do an album." And Ergie's like, "Okay, let's do it." And I'm like, "It's kind of an EP, but everyone kept calling it an album, so I'm just what's like, what's an EP?" It's like a shortened version of an album. So typically, okay. if you got like seven tracks, it's considered an EP. But everyone oh. called it album. I'm going to call it an album. I it's, call it an album. I call it an album no matter what. The Blackheart EP before that, that was, I, I just kept calling it EP. But 9400 was, um, it was a story after Blackheart. So if you listen to certain tracks, if you compare both albums together, um, Blackheart was going through like that mental health phase. And I'm very big on mental health, uh, anxiety, depression, all that. I try to do the happy best I men's can. mental health awareness. Right. Month. Yeah. yeah. And I like talking about it to people because it's like you're not alone. And I like doing stuff like that um, because I know how it is, dude. I've fucking definitely like I life's tough. But, yeah. right? It's fucking tough, man. And uh, it's crazy because I didn't talk about it as much. But ninety four hundred is like, all right, I'm back on my bullshit. Fuck yeah. all you like. That's yeah. how it is. And. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a way it's like no matter who comes in and out of my life, mm-hmm. I'm still moving. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I still care for myself. I still care for my group. I still care for the music and everything. You know the truth. Like, exactly. what it means to know the truth. Exactly. And you know what? Once I walked into that studio and we planned out, we had a like meet, little powwow meeting of some sorts. Mm-hmm. We didn't even work on music. We just like, what can we do? You yeah. know? And... I told Ergie and Kenny about it and they were like, okay, let's mm-hmm. do it. And Kenny had a different album for me. Um, 
called Preach 2, which is already in the works because it's uh, the very first project I released was called Preach and was on SoundCloud. And Kenny's like, well, we use all platforms now. Let's make a whole ass album. And mm-hmm. it's not just seven, eight tracks. It's like 11 or 12. And I was like, are you are you down? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm it's down. a big project ahead. Yeah, and it's fun. So yeah. he's like, he's he's excited, and I'm excited because it's like, we're gonna release two projects in a year, mm-hmm. and that's just for me. Ergie's got stuff. Um, a couple other people got stuff. So we're like, we're gonna have fun, and in it's already been three. No, it hasn't been three months. It's been more than that. Midnight Santana released an album. I was on it. Yeah, and that's the first. Uh, no, it was Smoke. That was the first one. That's the first time I featured on his track. Um, and then Ergie's set to release an album. I released an album. So it's like, oh shit, like this is really happening. Yeah, yeah. Like we all did it. Mm-hmm. We all released and we're an like, album. All right, cool. And it was not only like an album, like an actual project I'm dead set on, but it was like, coach me on it. If there's anything I need to work on, tighten up on, help me. Mm-hmm. I don't take feedback like up the ass. I'm straight up like, I had to deal with coach and wrestling. Yeah. So like, let me know. Mm-hmm. So let me know how I can get better. Yeah. Or what you think would make this project better. And I don't take it in a way it's like if I have my boys with me, it's like I'll learn. Uh-huh. If it's, you know, certain things and people are just emphasizing a negative, negative, negative with mm-hmm. no positive, then I don't fuck with them. But it, with the guys, with our group, with our collective, not just us, but like you got Ryan, you got Adrian, you got Jordan, you know, all of us. Like we're even if I don't talk at all, I don't go on sessions with Jordan or Adrian a lot, but I go with Ergie and Midnight mm-hmm. and all them, they're still doing the same shit we're doing. Like, yeah. it's like, what can we do to get 1% better every day? And it's like those little differences that they do, because you guys are all doing the same thing, yeah. making music, having mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. but you guys do it in a different way. So you can get like little things from everybody yeah. and adapt it into your own style. And it's so much fun because we're like, the first Ergfest, we all became super close. And it was, um, I remember I, that was the first time I performed in a while, like years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, let's do this shit again. That like, was fun. I, and you know what? I was just having this conversation with somebody about it was something different, but it pertained to like the nervousness. And I'm like, dude, I haven't performed in years. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. When I'm on the stage, I'm going to show up. And it was fun. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. like I look back and I coach myself, like, how could I do it the next time around? Like, yeah. what's the energy I'm going to provide next time? And now that there's going to be a next time where like, fuck it. Like, what can yeah. I do? And it's going to be different. So, uh, but I'm, I'm happy because seeing the way we progressed as a collective, we all do our own shit, but as a collective, it's just like, oh, you sick. really see the symphony kind of pl- play itself yeah. out. And you know what? Um, I give Ergi like so much fucking credit. That's yeah. like, he tells people this all the time. And sometimes I'm like, no, like, don't say that. But he tells people every time we network, like Midnight Santana's album release, I was there. I helped, uh, not really helped coordinate it, but I was there to perform. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm there. It's my homie. And I'm in the album. So Ergie was walking with me and he goes, yeah, Jay's the first person to show me a studio. And I'm like, nah, you don't have to tell people that. But it's cool because he's so passionate about what he does. Yeah. And years ago. And it's, well, it is passion for sure. Yeah. But it's just that he wants to learn as much as he can about what he likes. That's why that's my boy, dude. Because years ago, I, I think I was 18, 17, 18. I had just graduated. And I'm like, you know what? I told myself, I'm going to take this serious now. I did music for a while. 
my cousin uh, showed me studio in Garden Grove. I'm like, fuck it. Let's let's take it serious. This is before Kenny. This is uh, I knew Ergie, but I didn't know he made music at the time. Uh-huh. Then we all started networking separately. Like I network with Ergie here and there. This is when he had the studio at his house. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny, um, we knew each other based off of mutual friends. And then we ended up becoming like close. I met I uh, met with uh, Kenny and then he met up with Ergie. And then we all became a unit. And then we started expanding. And I took Ergie to a studio in Garden Grove where we recorded a, a song that's still on SoundCloud called Samurai Jack, which is like boom uh-huh. bap style. And once I heard him rap, I'm like, oh, sick. This guy's not fucking around, you know? So I was like, this is fun. And then years later, fast forward to now, like he's got his own studio. He gets clientele. We try to network. We keep business, business and personal, personal. But that's my boy. Like, Yeah. And it's really cool how you mentioned the meeting part, right? Yeah. How you guys all, I've noticed that Ergie does do that a lot where he does his meetings. And it's so cool because it's things that normal people wouldn't really be doing. It's like, actually sit down and have a meeting about a certain topic or a certain project that you want to make like the best that you yeah. want to make it the best as possible. So how are we going to get there? Yeah. You know, and you know what? It's, he's such a positive human being, like no matter what adversity he has in his life, he's such a fucking positive human being. Mm-hmm. There would be no Jay if there was no Ergie. If yeah. Ergie was not there, if Kenny, who I've known for a while, uh, Ryan, Midnight. If there was none of them, there'd be none of me. And mm-hmm. there'd be no Jay Bowers, like 9400, Blackheart, all that shit. And and it's no matter how much music background from family, because I had a cousin that did uh, rap, and he's the one that got me into a studio first. And I was like, I got to pass this on. Mm-hmm. So granted... He did rap that was like gangster rap. I didn't, obviously. But he loved it. He yeah. was like, do you. Don't fucking be anybody else. Be you. Because that's what's going to get you far. Mm-hmm. And he lived the life that he lived um, differently. Because he was deep into gang activity and stuff. But at the same time, family was everything. Yeah. That man cared so much. It's so, love. It's all love. Going to the studio, Vendetta Studios. And I always keep the uh keep in contact with them because when my cousin passed like we talked uh me and the guys at the studio years ago we talked and we're like mm-hmm. whatever you guys need call me i still will be a plug for their clothing brand i don't give a fuck those, those are my boys and even if they do their own thing and we do ours mm-hmm. he homies in vendetta studios see exactly what we're doing mm-hmm. and they're just like you respect the artists in them respect the artists in them and they're like dude keep doing what the fuck you're doing that's amazing yeah. and um it's awesome because seeing exactly how everyone evolved it it speaks volume even Mm -hmm. if we're not speaking if that makes sense it's we're showcasing what we're capable of and it's just like it's more action than mm -hmm. like talk exactly so when we did this album for 9400 i was like i want to try producing i think that's what it is it's Mm -hmm. it's stop thinking and just create just go for it just do it you're gonna have have times where it's like fuck man i can't finish this first yeah but for some reason i don't know what it was but ergie said that i forgot who said this i think it was kenny that was telling me that ergie said it he was like it's usually us telling jay like what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. this time around it was me telling them like hey uh are we almost done with this like single like we have to do uh 
there was like one more song we had and I was like, um, I got to post this in here because I did the publishing for this album and which was also the first time. So I was like, uh, we got to do it from this time to this time. That way I have a gap, et cetera. And mm-hmm. he's like, damn, this motherfucker was calling us instead, vice versa. Yeah. Which is like dope because when I did producing, I was like, we're playing it in the studio. I booked a session for about four or five hours and I'm like, let me know what you guys think production wise. Mm-hmm. Vocals, that's normal for me. I can tighten up what I need to tighten up. You guys yeah, will add You know your, what you're looking for. I know what I need to do because that is fluent for me. If I need to add stuff, I will. If they tell me I need to add stuff, I will. That's different. What are some things that you think limits you in your creative process? Mm, I don't... The only limitations I would say is... I don't want to go into a route where I sounds like somebody I'm not. If that okay. makes sense. So, so th- staying as authentic as possible to yourself. Exactly. While also, here's how I am. And I was actually talking, I was actually thinking about it because I always get in my mind uh, to change it, to do a specific mindset. And what I mean by that is I always remind myself that to always be me, no matter what. Um, there was a time and bringing this up is going to be funny because it's, it actually got a lot of traction. You ever heard the song Taste uh, from Tyga? Yeah, let me get so, a taste. Yeah, so I did a remix of yeah. that. Very uh, close from when it was released. Uh-huh. And I was like, I think I could do something like that. I did it. And there was a guy, I'm not going to name him, but we he was a feature in that. The difference was I was, I have the flow. I do whatever I need to do. Everyone loves the remix. But I was also missing a key factor. And then I was being somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, everyone likes to have fun, make it, you know, party every now and then. That's not who I am. Like, I like being relaxed, being at home, cool, calm, and collected. We go to the studio. Like, what's right. so wrong with peace? Exactly. You know? so, it's so nice just but, being able to just go exactly. and do whatever you want. Don't get me wrong. The album or the remix to that song was so well that when we did a music video for it, mm-hmm. the fucking record label copyright strike it. Uh, no thankfully they brought that shit back but let's go because i appealed it i appealed it and i'm like what the fuck and i was sending it to the guys it was like years ago and i'm like they fucking copyright strike yeah they took it down bitches but the song still plays on soundcloud because i'm not gonna do it on all platforms because i don't want it i didn't want money at the time i don't want money now i just want exposure yeah but But people were like, some some of you get it twisted though. Yeah, exactly. Big time. I don't exposure with twenty followers. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. For me, it's like the money will come later. I want the recognition, and I stick by that because in order to make money, you got to spend it. So Mm -hmm. people that I don't want to shit on people that quit their day jobs and stuff. Passion, passion, passion is key. But for me, I took a route where it's like I'm not gonna quit what I have to do to make a living once music is saying hey you're good to go Mm -hmm. then i'm good to go other than that i keep moving but the taste remix um we did a music video for it and everything and the person who told me yeah i know chris brown i know this i know that they didn't pay for shit bro they were they were as a whole facade yeah and i'm and i'm fucking 20 21 at the time i think 21 it's like I can call your bullshit, bro. Mm-hmm. You don't and, need to stand there and keep going and going. I see it. Just and I paid chill. for the the guy who filmed, because he's a good friend of mine. 
Uh-huh. I paid him more than what he told me because that's we wrestled the same year. We went to different schools, but we wrestled mm-hmm. the same year and he did video work and I'm like, I'll pay you, bro. I don't care. One thing for me is I don't care how close we are. I, I will pay for anything mm-hmm. like artwork. Got it. Studio work. Got it. Video work. Got it. I'm like, if I, if you ask me, I'm not gonna be like, fuck no. No, yeah. I'm pay. I don't give a shit. That's, I get what you mean with money. I, I don't really look for money per se. If I'm going to work at my job, isn't bec- it isn't because I need the money. It's just, there's some things that I have to pay that, you know, it's just an obligation. And in order to pay that obligation, I have to work here. Mm-hmm. But it's not really because, oh, it, this is how I live. Mm-hmm. You know, I can easily just go, I'm done. Fuck it. I'm going to do this. How I'm going to be able to pay those things off. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But this is what is actually allowing me to keep going. Exactly. And you know what? I, I'm i a guy that's like, I dream big. Not yeah. just for me, but that's for really good. the studio. Not just for me. Me, I'm always going to have the same mindset. Yeah. But for everybody that is revolving around Erg Studios or that collective. Yeah. What I mean by that is same goes for here. Same goes for whatever Forget Tomorrow's doing, whatever Jordan and Adrian are doing, Ryan, Ergy, Midnight, myself. The list goes on. We have yeah. a big collective, if we're being honest. But it's like I want everyone to be successful. And I will do whatever I can, as much as I can, to be able to provide that. Like anything yeah. anyone needs, give me a call and I'm there. That way I can assist even if it's not a money thing it's like hey let's let's can you help me plan this absolutely mm-hmm. i've done it for a while i could do it more but the thing is is i still stay true to myself and that's what the theme of the album that i did um that's what the theme is stay true to yourself a lot of people ask me what 9400 means they're like would you just put a four digit fucking number on there and i'm like no i was born in la county 9400 Rosecrans Avenue at the Kaiser in Bellflower. So mm-hmm. I was an LA baby, but I grew up in the Inland Empire. So I don't, I just say I was born there. The theme of that, the reason why the number's there is because it's never forget where you came from. Yeah, I yeah. tell people that all the time. Each song in there is like, it has a specific message, but the theme stays the same. The moral of the story, I guess you could say, is stay true to yourself. Never forget where you came from. Yeah. So every song I did is like, fuck it i'm just i'm just here for the ride yeah and i'm still putting where it goes exactly and i still put my heart into it i still put my soul into it but i have fun Mm -hmm. blackheart was i had fun but i was still in some sort of mental block just trying to get out and somebody added fuel to the fire it was really cool but they added fuel to the fire to wake me up mentally and i'm like okay cool because for years i was always like People come and go, and I'd be hard on myself for that. Now it's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm still moving. It's so interesting that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. I was just talking about letting go, like in general, about everything. Yeah. People, about things in your life that you have to keep. Like, for example, I just had to let go of my entire studio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this fucking sucks, but like, there's a reason to this. Everything is shifting into place so weird. And I'm like, no, this is supposed to be happening. But I just, I can't seem to see what the future holds. Exactly. You know, so how you said, like, I just, the matter of writing it out. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I've, and I can only talk about my story rather than other people's. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I can honestly say that despite the fact that I went through hell and back, I do it again in a heartbeat if it means I come back stronger. And it's funny that you say that too. Mm-hmm. It's like not speaking for other people, but it's like, nah, a lot of people have been going through that exactly. same thing. So they understand you so well. Yeah. You know? And you, you may know think what? that it's like so foreign because it's like, this is me. But it's like, nah, bro, we're all connected in some way. Exactly. So we and feel you. you. Exactly. I feel you. I get what you mean. No, and I appreciate that because it's like, like when I first moved out, nobody knew I left Corona. Mm-hmm. I kept it super fucking low key. Yeah, I didn't As know I you lived over there. I no one knew I lived in Rancho. <laughs> Everyone was like, like if they see me in Corona visiting, they're like, oh yeah, how's everything good? It's normal conversation beyond yeah. about my business. Nobody knew, with the exception of a small amount of people, knew that I lived in like Rancho. Mm-hmm. I was hidden, isolated, fuck it, right? And I was isolated, but still vocal on social yeah, media. Yeah. Like people knew where I was at, yeah. but I didn't talk in depth. You only let them know what you wanted them to know, mm-hmm. you know? And I get that. It's it's not even like about that I don't I'm hiding stuff away. It's mm-hmm. more like I'm keeping it private. Just just keeping my life private. I've my energy reserved. Yeah, right. This is so contained. No one can break out of it pretty much. But the thing for me is I had to learn as I got older is people come and go. I'm okay with that now. Um people are gonna come in, they tell you that their intentions you know what? I actually said this to somebody before. And it's mind-blowing talking about it. What did I say? It was people will put efforts to convince you that their intentions are pure but are effortless when it comes to proving it. Yep. And what I mean by that is I can tell you numerous times, oh, I'm here like with good faith, blah, 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 blah. And you welcome me with open arms, give it like a month or two, and then you get stabbed in the back. Yeah. That's what the message is. You can talk the talk, but you walk, can you walk the walk? Yeah, it's like, prove it, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, I've known people since I was like five or six that are still good friends with me because they stayed loyal. Mm-hmm. I know people that I've known since high school, like Ergie, but they haven't, well, I haven't known him as long as I've known the people since I was five, but his loyalty is just as big. Yeah. So I'm like, prove it, motherfucker. And like, it's about staying loyal to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, once you've, really understood how to stay loyal to yourself, how yeah. to make the right decisions for you and the better of your team, mm-hmm. like the ones around you. It's like, you know what loyalty really means mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. So it's like when someone else is acting unaccordingly, you're like, come on, bro. Don't start. Exactly. Like, come and on, get back that, in with it. You know what's crazy is I, I watch, obviously I show support. I watch your episodes. I watched the last one you did about having patience with yourself and mm-hmm. understanding yourself. Bro, I resonated off of everything. It's yeah. like you get to a place where you feel like you're growing impatient with yourself, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you have to take a step back and be like, let me take a step forward, but pace. Yeah. It's all about pace. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and then overwhelm yourself, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? You have to pace yourself, build yourself, and move forward. Mm-hmm. Because life is, if we lived in a fucking perfect world, we'd be set by now. Yeah. But- we're not in a perfect world and we're going at a pace where it's like, it's reasonable, but we're going to take care of each other. We're going to mm-hmm. be fine. We're going to, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to rebuild and we're going to go from there. And that's what I had to teach myself because for years, pre pandemic, during the pandemic, after that, I was like, what can I do to get 1% better every day? Even if I had such a fucking badass day, I just yeah. want to get 1% better. 1%. See that little thing. It's it's about patience. About mm-hmm. like, you know, what you can get. You know, you can see the one hundred percent. How good you can be mm-hmm. at that. So you want it to come all at once. Like, exactly. all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
Mm-hmm. But if you can't take that 1%, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to take 5, 10, Yeah, so 20. what I do is no matter what the day is, I could have a bad day. I can have just like a eh. Well, I could also have a fucking sick day. Yeah. I always ask myself the second I'm back home, how can I get 1% better? Mm-hmm. And it's like today was good. Tomorrow will be better. And I repeat that every day because it's not a sense of, uh, telling myself that wasn't good enough because I used to have this whole mindset where it's like, I'm not good enough. That's why I didn't do music for a while. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing because now I'm like, okay, I did a good thing. I did. I had a good day. We recorded four fucking tracks for the album. How can I get 1% better? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'm making sure myself is aware. We had a solid album uh, session. Like literally the day I booked the session for 9,400, we did, I think, four tracks. Mm-hmm. Four tra- Five if you count the intro, but it was just tightening up. But we did four tracks back to back to back with features. And it was mm-hmm. like, cool, we're fine, we're good. Progress. And it was just like, awesome. And I was like, that's a lot compared to what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that I was able to push out an album and be like, all right, Let's get the shit. Let's just get the shit going. Now it's like, okay, I'm gonna get one percent better tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be fine. And I still keep that mindset because if I don't have that mindset, I put a lot in my head where I start overthinking, and I'm a fucking world class overthinker. So I'm like, let me get better. And to this day, I still keep pushing that way. Like I was literally talking to Ergie about uh, the Erg Fest, um, and we were talking. I was like, fuck it. We're gonna be we're gonna be fine. We have mm-hmm. everything covered. And when I went to the studio for video work, um, because I did the some of the video work for him, like mm-hmm. editing wise, and I kept thinking to myself, how would I present this? How would I get better at this? And I did it. Ergie loved it, and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'll make another one just cause. Yeah. And I'm gonna get better at that. And sometimes I think to myself like, I want to make music just so I can make the music video for my stuff. Like, yeah. Just- Write it out and see where how it goes. And it's fun because when I was talking to Ryan, um, he was in the studio too. He was doing something for him. Um, I think they were just like making a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just I was just there. They asked me to just pull up, and I was like, okay. Sometimes I go there and I don't do anything. I just mm-hmm. talk shit, do video work, like film Ergie being stupid, and it's just how we are. Uh-huh. We're like siblings. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. But Ryan and I were talking about storyboarding for a brief amount of time when he took a break from recording. And he's like, yeah, let me know. And I have no, I know Ryan has history with directing and producing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I'm like, I could definitely use him. I, I'm open to anybody's ideas. If there's yeah. changes, there's changes. It just has to make sense. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but we have to be telling a story. Does it have to make sense? Depends. Ah. Depends. Because... <laughs> We were talking about certain songs about what we want to do. Like Running Man, Ergie had this idea because it's me and him. And um, the intro builds up. It intensifies. And it's like, oh, shit. This is like, it sounds serious, which it is. But at the same time, it's like, fuck you. Like, Mm -hmm. it's we're going to be fine. Running Man pulls up and it's like, people are pretty much scared to prove their point. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah. That's we're not doing that shit here. That's why the song's called Running Man. To me, that's the meaning. Ergie 
has the same kind of the same message probably has his own way but it's like we don't give a fuck we don't care we're We're doing what we love and you can go fuck yourself plain and simple and that's how running man was and Mm ergie was like i want to run in place and all that stuff and we're what was the movie that we thought of i think it was get out from the scene that guy's just love that movie i love it (laughs) when the guy just books it ergie's like what if we do that just running in place and i'm Mm -hmm. like we have so many ideas that we're just gonna be like we can plan it so Ryan, we're going to start storyboarding probably after uh, ErgFest because we want to dedicate that. Another ErgFest? Of course. When? I'm waiting. I think uh, he's planning July 14th. July. Oh, that's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's next month. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm literally waiting for the green light to yeah, post, yeah. which is funny because I have everything with me. And Ergie's like sending it to the chat of artists that are performing but i'll obviously be performing again which would be fun i'm doing the whole album so nice. i'm fucking excited they're like do you want to do anything specific it's like we're doing the whole fucking album yeah like, dude intro plan tune? out that performance plan it out so because one thing that i've been learning about music is i mean i haven't re- been listening to any new music but at the same time i've been listening to the old music differently mm-hmm. so i'll play a song and i'll just like truly like listen to it and instead of thinking of what it is it's more of a feeling yeah it's very interesting the way i'm looking at music now i listen to a particular genre to clear my mind and no one knows like i'll say it but no one would think it's classical classical music i will listen to if i am in a very very tense vibe or mood i put on classical music Cause think about Beethoven for a second. Like that, the man could not hear what he was playing. So just from the simple vibration, right? It's just a yeah, just vibe. You know? And I love it because I'm a sucker for certain instruments: violins, uh, piano, Viol- cello, cello. Oh my god, a strong cello in the background, dude. When always. shit gets like intense, yeah, you hear that? dude. I love it. But mm-hmm. I, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. When I produced, um, there's certain songs you can hear that I add a little taste to it, like or choir, um, like Deja Vu in my album. It's like a, it's keys, mm-hmm. it's full on piano, and it sounds, it has a good melody to it, and it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. all right, cool. That's literally my the song that I did. Who are some it. of the people that you look up to in like in music, like that you? I wouldn't say resonate because your music is. Like your own music, how you say, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at some, I guess, inspiration. It depends. I I have so much inspiration with old school, new school, or uh, new school, more modern, less modern, mm-hmm. like whatever. Um, I base off a lot of my stuff from old music, like old school music. Like I was literally listening to Wu Tang on the way here. Okay, and I'm a fucking hip hop head at heart. My favorite group is uh, Tribe Called Quest. When I heard that Ergie was a hip-hop head, oh man, him and I were talking for hours when we first started talking about music together. Um, but more modern, I would say from a specific mindset, J. Cole, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I remember watching him produce a beat in his, I think it was like a tour van, tour, yeah. tour bus. Yeah, that's how he makes his music. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't do that. <laughs> this guy's insane. He's just like, there. And he just, boom, boom. Yeah. And it was a fucking beautiful track yeah i loved it um and i think who else is, Drake. is that a bird in the back <laughs> <laughs> right and I'm like, yeah it is Jeez, like, but um what's it called drake too uh mm-hmm. mainly because 
let's be honest, it's Drake, and he has banger for banger. Sometimes there's albums in comparison to other albums from different artists that are like it's a very tough debate, but for his own in his own element, oh man, he's fucking and his features are nuts, like yeah. fucking insane. I think that's when we get it wrong when we start comparing one artist to another. It's like, well, that's not. It's hard for me to compare. Yeah, Drake isn't Big Sean. Big Sean isn't Tyga. Tyga isn't exactly. You know? So like, definite artists for sure. J Cole, Drake, Kendrick Lamar. Um, this one's gonna probably people are gonna be like, what the fuck? Logic for sure. Logic. Um, I was a Logic fan before. I don't know how people can diss Logic. I don't know either, man. That man's like, fucking nuts. He can create just. Right there and then while he's doing a Rubik's Cube. You like, know what? Respect it's, talent. There's, I can't do that shit. No. I can barely solve one side of a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Seeing Ergie do, try to do that shit, I'm like... In seven seconds? I'm like, the fuck, bro? <laughs> I'd be like stressing out. I'm like, we're done. I'll give it to somebody else. But Hold no. On, where's the where's the last red piece? Oh, there it's it is. Like, it's over there and then I get a flipping shit. But no, <laughs> Logic, I'm a big fan of. As crazy as it sounds. Um, I think I was still in high school. I think I was a junior uh double xl i was looking at that yeah um i would see the new class and i'd be like who's logic like people try to debate me all the fucking time i don't care about the careers and longevity in this case 2013 was the best class of all time who was in the class it was logic dizzy Wright, absol schoolboy q action bronson joey badass um, I forgot. I think I'm missing. Uh, who else was in it? Those are the best names I can think of right now. But if you look at their Joey bro- Badass is one of my favorites. Joey Badass is amazing. I just started listening to more of his music recently again because I've been opening my mind yeah. up to more music. Yeah, and I like I like it a lot. You know what though? It's I listen to the freestyles. Yeah, uh-huh. when they have the, not the freestyles, the ciphers, the ciphers. Yeah, they're not. Sometimes they're freestyles. Sometimes they're written. I prefer written over freestyle because you can. You can remember remember the bars, and it's like, oh shit! Like they're gonna speak for itself. Um, sometimes you got people like Action Bronson that's just dropping shit that rhymes, and yeah. it's still nice. Um, but if you play uh twenty thirteen ciphers, especially that one with Joey Badass, Logic isn't in this one. Joey Badass, Action Bronson, uh, Absol. Who else? Dope Pokemon, by the way. Huh? Absol? Oh. Dope Pokemon. <laughs> One of my favorites. No, but he's... Uh, the Cypher is fucking badass. If you, uh-huh. I tell people all the time, listen to it. But people, when they when I comment on it, because it's pretty funny, I comment when they post double XL Cyphers on my Explorer page on Instagram. Uh-huh. And they're like, nah, 2016 is. It's like, I'm not talking about the careers lasting after. Yeah. I'm talking about the Cypher alone. Yeah. Because... The performance. Every, the performance. The performance will leave you fucking speechless, yeah. man. And Joey Badass, I think, is the one that starts at first. And the beat by DJ Drama is amazing. And I'm like, bro, that's fucking nice. It's just when people come in and they go in with everything they got. Like, you've mm-hmm. heard it on actual... Or I always bring this one. What's popping? Right? The cypher that he does with... Uh, Tory Lanes with the baby. Oh my god, that's right. Amazing. They all go in and go fucking hard, mm-hmm. like the entire way through, and you really feel like the intensity. Like I can imagine them in the studio, go go go, and they just fucking go hard. They're like, all right, that's that's the fun. Yeah, but it's funny because people get so like not pissed because if they do, that's being extra. But they're like, nah, 2016 is. What? I forgot what year that was, but I'm like, 
No, like 2013, you can't compare both yeah. because they're different styles. In career, like, I think 2016 was... Was it Lil Dicky? I think Lil Dicky designer... Crew, got a driveway still pulling out <laughs> while I'm looking at the fireplace. <laughs> That's, that motherfucker is tight. But uh, it was Lil Dicky, Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert, 21 Savage, designer. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, gnarly. I Dude, still love 21 Savage. Designer in that cypher, though? <laughs> dude it's like don't get me wrong it's good but listen to 2013 it's like yeah fuck and i became a logic fan before that yeah like once i heard about him i was like like double xl's website it was like oh peep logic is music mm-hmm. first song i listened to was nasty it's still up on youtube but it's not on all platforms so i think it's on soundcloud mm-hmm. but i was like i fucking love boom bap like hard-hitting boom bap granted my style is a little different now i'm more flexible why do people still. not like logics uh i think music. because he compares or he does the whole biracial thing oh. and it's like just let him what the fuck is he supposed to talk about like eminem no like he because he's half black half white oh okay, okay so okay. people are like we get it which i think that's the only thing but dude if you take that out and look at what he's actually fucking doing and it's like dude that man that man was like the second he got double XL, he got the recognition, and then yeah. it was like kind of stagnant for a little bit. And then he did the album uh, Everybody, and that took him up. It's like talk shit all you want, but go do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Try it. And you know yeah. what? There's a lot of rappers, regardless of what they look like, uh-huh. um, the ones who have nasty ass flows, and I love it. Like Jack Harlow, um, I started listening uh, listening to him. I think the first song I listened to was Sundown before What's Poppin'. And my friend showed me him. He's like. My friend, uh, he lives in Texas now, but he went to Corona too. And he was like, I think you could resonate off this guy. And it was Jack Harlow's Sundown mm-hmm. um, before all the like the what's pop and popularity and shit. And I'm like, damn, I could fuck with that. Yeah. So I started listening to Jack Harlow and I'm like, okay, I fuck with that. His recent album wasn't even anything. It was completely different from his album before that, uh, but it was pure bars. Mm-hmm. If you really take a dive into this album, Jackman, it was pure bars. Mm-hmm. And Blame, I think it's Blame On Me, is one of my favorite tracks. Because he's just like, you can hear the the bars, you can tell the story, and it's just like... We were just talking about that with Ergie. Ergie's like, I kind of stepped away from Boom Bap because it's like, at the same time we have to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, the message is going to still be there regardless of what type of hip-hop we do or track we do, but... Sometimes it's not just... It's not about having a story is about exactly. just having fun it's about having it. fun that's why 9400 was just the same yeah. and i'm pretty sure midnight santana a good friend of mine his album was just the same ergie's i'm pretty sure his is gonna be the same i haven't even heard his fucking album yet mm-hmm. and i can know for a fact it's just having fun he's been talking about it he's like dude this next album right here the next album <laughs> insane dog. i love i he's never changed that's nah, the funniest so cool. shit i, I just met him, him last was it last year, I think? Or the year before? I think was it was before the, before the first Ergfest? It was before the Ergfest. The first Ergfest. Yeah, he's fucking... I love him. He, yeah. we, We've known each other in uh, high school, and then he wrestled, and then we got to know each other more. Yeah. Um, which is funny. And then he's close friends with somebody that I technically can call my little brother now because his brother's married to my sister. You should make a song about... A wrestling, but tie it into musical lyrics. It's it, you know what my dad said the same shit, and my dad's like, 
why don't you make a song about wrestling? I was like, bro, I can't think of anything. And he's yeah. just like, you never know. And my dad is the most, I don't know. I know you told me you uh, met him before, but this man is the most oh, extra yeah, motherfucker ever. Yeah, yeah. You met him before. Uh-huh. And when you told me, I'm like, that's him. Yep. This man's the most extra motherfucker I've ever met in my life, but it's my dad. So I'm like, all right, like yeah. I can't be anywhere without him trying to drop a freestyle. And it's the uh-huh. same freestyle that he said for years. And it's the funniest shit ever. What does he say? He It starts with, it's funny because it's like old school Run DMC type vibe. He goes, he says it too fast. The only thing I remember is, check it out, party people in the place to be. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God, here he goes. And he starts doing it. Check it out, party people in the place to be. <laughs> I love him so much for that. And you know what? My dad's been my biggest supporter too. The one thing he told me when I was little, because like I said, music has been around my life for years. Like I started loving music since I was six. I wanted to write music when I was seven. When you're a kid, you just write anything. Mm -hmm. You just hat, you make it rhyme. You're just like, whatever. Uh As I got older, I progressed and like, okay, I got to tell a story. I got to send a message. I got to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. But also drop fucking bars straight up. So my dad was my biggest mentor. And he was, he would always tell me, do you want to do this regardless of sports? And I'm like, yeah. And he mm-hmm. goes, okay, show me what you want to write. Keep in mind, I'm fucking seven or eight. And he's just like, okay. He reads it like it's homework. And he goes, you need to send a message. What does this mean? Even if I'm wrong or right or whatever, he's like, what does this mean? And he would help me. And he's like, do you know why they call it a hook? And I don't know if this is true or not, but it made sense to me. I was like, why do they call it a hook? And he goes, because it's so catchy. It, hooks the people listening to it and mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know if that's true to this day i still haven't fucking googled it mm-hmm. but it makes sense it's kind of like how j cole starts some of his songs with like either like the main part of the song i don't know like the what's it called what's it called like the how it's formatted into a song but like the main part he starts off his music with the main part yeah so it's like and you know what it's pride it's exactly the devil how, first thing yeah and that's how my dad is and my dad's like it's got a hook it's yeah got a hook onto it so any track I did, Ergie says this too. Ergie's like, bro, what's up with you in hooks, man? You like know how to do it so easily. And I'm like, I just had this in the back of my head for years, man. Yeah, like, it was like a subconscious thing like, where it's just you there. I got to get people on it. Like yeah, yeah. my first track that I released on all platforms um, called Whoa. And then, which was pretty funny because we thought about it for a while. And I was like, should we release it on all platforms? Because for years, it was SoundCloud, 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 uh, SoundCloud. And Taste was easy for me to do for a hook because it was a hook right there. I just copied and pasted my own way. (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, you're good. I was like, huh? You were saying? No, but... um, Taste was easy, and then a couple other songs were pretty easy. But whoa, I was like, you know what? People are gonna let's let's vibe, let's have a good time, and we did that. And my first track on all platforms got like five thousand plays mm-hmm. on all platforms. It was pretty fun. Yeah, five thousand plays is a lot. For I the was first like, time. fuck, okay. So it gives you a little something. You're like, huh? This you, there's audience mm-hmm. and people for. I think the most coolest thing, but humbling thing for me is. I tell people and I read my statistics because I encourage any artist to do Spotify for artists, Apple Music for artists, because you get to see exactly how many plays you got, mm-hmm. where it's being played. It's very, very nice to check your analytics. It kind of sets you in the direction of 
what's working what can i do the same what can i implement to my next one and you check your demographics you're able to see how everything's going like when i did whoa i the funniest thing is that majority of it is u.s um not just california though which is cool Mm -hmm. but if you scroll down i see canada i see germany i see mexico i'm like i even saw russia and i'm like who's vibing to this yeah yeah, i like this right and i've gotten some on my youtube in indonesia (laughs) i don't even know i've seen indonesia Indonesia for mine i've I've seen indonesia for mine it's pretty funny because i'm like oh man uh what else saudi arabia saudi arabia it's crazy because i'm like dude this is fun Little do I know there's somebody in another part of the world looking at my video or, in your case, hearing your song and they're just like, yeah, I like this. This is nice. And there's one um, from my recent album, uh-huh. the track I did with Midnight's Antenna, M.I.A. Um, it got shazammed like three times in Russia. Really? That was funny. That's I, crazy. I could look up shazams too. Like, just... I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And I'm looking, I'm like, this guy, or this guy or girl, took time out of their day uh-huh. to Shazam what the fuck they were listening to. Yeah, they heard it. They pulled out their phone, went, oh, oh I like that. <laughs> That's it, so cool. It's cool because I'm like, this is crazy. Um, another thing, too, before I started releasing on all platforms, there was somebody that was a fan, and I was barely taking this serious for music. And the person was from the Netherlands. And that oh, was wow. cool because we interacted on Instagram. Yeah. I forgot who this person was, but she was very nice, very sweet. And she was like, I like your music. I'm not good with English, but I'm from the Netherlands. And typically when you see people from different countries or different states, um, sometimes... I mean, first things you think is, that's a spam. That's exactly. It's a bot. And I'm like, this person's like... Real. They didn't ask for anything. They're just yeah. like... I love your music. Your music's cool. I'm from the Netherlands, et cetera. My, my English isn't that good. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And I had to, like, I didn't know how to respond by saying thank you so much. That's all Dude, I said. I, that exact, I think she was from the Netherlands too, but back like in middle school, somebody added me on Instagram. And I think at that time I was posting a lot of my drawings, mm-hmm. right? And they followed me for that reason. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They were from another part of the world. I want to say it was the Netherlands or Denmark or some more European, I think. I don't know where it was, but they didn't speak English all that well. But they were a huge fan, uh-huh. and I was like, "Of what? I'm just drawing in a book." It's crazy because I'm like, "Dude, that's fun." Yeah. There's one time where somebody, it was actually in the country. Uh-huh. Where were they? I don't know, somewhere in the country. But I think this is when I did Taste, and they said, "Oh, your music's good. I love it." And I responded, and they. I think the funniest thing is I was extremely like. Like, what? What just mm-hmm. happened? But the person was like, oh, I didn't think you were going to respond. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I always respond to everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. I haven't reached that level yet. And even then, I would probably still try to respond. But I was like, yeah, I respond to everybody. But they were like, I didn't think you were going to respond. Blah, blah, blah. How do you and feel I- about that? The thought about not being able to respond in the future. Like, knowing that one day you're going to be bigger like so big that you won't have the time to appreciate everything around it honestly i don't i think that that would be very um what's the word i'm unforgettable i think it's i would always see think in the back of my head like if that were to happen hypothetically speaking let's say it happens tomorrow Mm -hmm. 
I'd probably be like, damn, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, shit. I could see any artist on Instagram right now and they're getting comments still on shit they posted two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I would love to just try to respond to some people. If I respond to at least two to three people, depending on the flow of traffic on that, I'd probably be like, I did something. I responded. Yeah. That's what matters. But for me, it's like, I will always find something to pretty much pay it forward. Yeah, show your appreciation. Show my appreciation. I think that's fun because mm-hmm. people to this day that are close with me or that know me, that are very supportive of music, I always show them how grateful I am. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because they're like, dude, we're, you're, you're doing great in music, you know, so on and so forth. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome because the littlest things motivate me now. Mm-hmm. And the littlest things keep my mind right. Especially now where you're like, everything is so confusing on mm. your next move. Is it the right move to make? Yeah. You know, and you overthink and you're like, did I do it right? Like, it's like I, you stop and analyze like, all right, I know I think I'm doing something wrong, but no, everything's going the way it's supposed right? to. And I pre-plan as funny yeah, as it yeah. sounds. I legit pre-plan. I'm like, okay, we have to do this session. How am I going to do it? Or performing, like the first Ergfest. I literally will rehearse that shit in my car. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't have features. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Back then, uh, well, the song back then, uh, when we did the Ergfest, obviously Ergie's features on the actual song. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, we have to take his verse out because he's performing last, so on and so forth, whatever. How can we make this entertaining? So I take a step back. I'm like, let's do something. And I told Kenny... Um, the guy who was pretty much running the whole thing production-wise, which was badass. Yeah. I'm like, what if we did the... Sorry about the background noise. (laughs) They're um, installing the laundry and the dryer. So if you guys hear that, it probably ended a little bit, but yeah, thanks for being patient. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Kenny was uh, telling me, he was like, how do you want to do it? And I'm like, what if we did the hook acapella? And uh, this was from their first Urgfest, my last song of the my uh, set. As uh-huh. I guess you could say. I was like, let me do the hook in acapella. And I could hear it in my ears. Yeah. But uh, people, I'm just going word for word. And lights are on me. By the second I go from a specific uh, word, uh, it says, back then, I used to be a goodie that was back when, yada, yada, yada. And then all you hear is like, like woo, it's pitch black, and the song goes. I And people tell me that all the time, which is fun, because they're like, dude, I like that. Um, and that was the first time we met in person because we talked on social media prior and then i you know and you took badass photos for me that i still keep in a specific folder for me i'm I'm glad you like them i like i loved them dude i was like dude when you sent me them i was like oh hell yeah i love it with photos like i send them and i'm like fuck i hope that they like them i really fuck did i do it good and i go back and look at the photos i'm like shit no is it damn (laughs) i'm so i'm an art person like i love any bit of art I don't care what it is. Music, video work, um, anything. Like Adrian and I would talk about um, video stuff prior. He made merch for me that we weren't able to release uh, years ago. But he designed such nice stuff for me. And I'm like, dude, I love it. He's like, mm-hmm. do you want to change anything specific? I was like, no. I would add ideas, but I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. It's fun. I love it because how else are we supposed to grow if we don't pitch ideas to each other, mm-hmm. whether it be 
music videos photo shoots anything like i'm like dude i want to see it i love it i'm always grateful for it i'm always super kind about it um especially with the attitude that's brought towards me or i don't want to use the word attitude but the actions that are towards me or the way things are being said i take it and i'm like oh dude this i love it right and it's fun that's how that's exactly what i try to do every day is i try to think of a positive mindset and doing the erg fest was awesome it made you look forward to the next one it made me look forward like fuck it yeah we got it and i became hungrier yeah like straight up we were talking about i was it was funny because we're cracking jokes about it i was like i think it was midnight santana he was like did you do your set yet or did you already figure out your set i'm like yeah that's pretty easy i'm just doing the album Mm -hmm. just ergie's verse is cut off because he's after me and i'm like but everything else is the same like you're still on it because he's before me i have the the featured artist for hometown boy um he's a good friend of mine he's gonna be in it uh for that performance which is cool so i'm like okay cool and he goes what'd you think of like what are you gonna wear and i'm like all black i'm gonna be a fucking menace i don't care yeah fuck it i was like i because last year i had a jersey a custom-made jersey that said uh people don't get the thing until we explain it to them but it says gucci baby 53 which is funny okay and the story behind it is funny but we stuck with it. So who's the one that said it? Was it? Well, no, it was midnight. He goes, after almost a year uh-huh. of knowing this guy, he finally goes, all right, what does this mean? And there's, if you've been in Ergy Studios, which I'm pretty sure you have, you've seen on the top of the door, it says Gucci Baby 53 on his door. Like right when you walk in, not the one from the back, but from inside. Mm-hmm. It's on the top. And I had to explain it. I was like, okay. It started with a group chat with me, Ergie, and Kenny. Uh-huh. And we just talk about music. Somebody said, refer to me, and it was a joke, because we all have that type of energy. We're just going to mess with each other. I think it was Kenny goes, refer to me as Gucci Baby 53 And we were laughing, and I'm like, this sounds like a good group chat name. So we <laughs> stuck with it. To this day, it is more than just a group chat now. We have that group chat still, but it's more than just a group chat. It's literally a collective. A collective. It's a collective. It's all of us. Like, yeah, it's Erg Studios, but a small of us. We just say it's Gucci Baby. So if you hear in Running Man, uh huh, there's two references of Gucci Baby Fifty Three, Ergie's verse and mine. Okay. So it's like it's literally like, uh, what was it? What was my verse? This is Jay and Gucci Baby ain't no freebies. Uh-huh. Um, and then <laughs> Ergie's because Midnight was like, is this a gang? I was like. <laughs> We're not a fucking gang, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 100% yeah. I'm so Corona. Yeah. 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 And Ergie, um, it was funny because Ergie's laughing behind him. He's like, is this a gang? Because you guys said it in Running Man like twice. Yeah. And no, it's just a family. It's a group. It's funny. Yeah. Like, we're not, because you see people like, if you hear like Wu Tang, Tribe Called Quest, yeah. uh, NWA, it's not that. It's literally just, it was literally started off as a group chat name and it's just a family. It's like a, a modern day renaissance it's funny <laughs> it's funny because we kept it i did a custom jersey which i wore at Ergfest. so uh-huh. like the jersey that you took pictures the white of, one right the white one pretty badass jersey it, by the I way i got it custom made it felt so comfortable yeah it and looked I'm, comfortable it I looked lo- dope i loved it and ergie's like you did not so <laughs> it's funny because we were doing rehearsals and it was at the studio and it was just a day where i was like i'll pull up we'll go over my set or you will go over his whatever and it was just like a Fuck it, no recording, nothing. Just going over EQs and practice for the for the performance. Yeah. And I had 
the jersey in my bag. And I was like, I got something. Remember when I told you I was going to make a custom jersey? And they're like, no, you didn't. I did it. Pulled that shit out. Said Jay Bowers 97, which is the year I was born. And on the front it says Gucci Baby in cursive 53. And he goes, you're not That's wearing hard. that, are you? I'm like, yes, I am. And it was fun because I wore it and everyone loved it. It was fun. And then the next, uh, I literally did an outfit change for Ergie. Uh-huh. Ergie's like, I was like, are you doing an outfit change? for? Because I don't know if you remember his performance. It was a video, like a two-minute video, thanking everyone uh-huh. for supporting Ergie and everyone. Um, and he did a like a change for clothes. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I changed before him, and then he ran to the back while the vi- video was going on. Changed, and we both, and then Smoke comes on yeah. from his album. And Smoke is by far one of my favorite songs. I did the visual for it, for the, the audio visual, mm-hmm. um, or visualizer, I guess. You know how there was a projector there? Yeah. The skull with smoke and stuff, uh-huh. it was like, oh man, everyone was loving it because it was yeah. pitch black. Everyone and, was just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it was fun because I try to do the best I can with visuals um, to make it presentable, man. Yeah. Like, we're going to have fun. Let's go all in. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a visual guy, whether it be like, okay, if we're doing a performance, okay, do we have a projector? Yes. Uh-huh. Or do we have a screen? Yes. Okay. So we're going to do visuals? Yes. So I'll set it up. That and I would say like, I don't know because people learn differently, but I would say that we're visual people. Like mm-hmm. humans are visual people. They like seeing pretty things. Exactly. And I'm a big visual guy. So different songs of mine reflect certain visuals. So MIA in the album is all neon lights, mm-hmm. purge style mask, mm-hmm. which we were thinking of that. Um, Hometown Boy was, I was just talking to the guy who did the feature. His name's Justin. <laughs> But we were doing um, a uh, Sandlot theme. We were thinking about it. Have you seen the movie Sandlot? Mm-hmm. So we were thinking about going to a baseball field. I think Butterfield, where I was thinking about. We, we need a, a dog. Just get a dog? You need a big dog. Oh, dude, I would love to. I think we got to find one. But we're going to do um, we're gonna do a Sandlot uh, view scene, kind of. And I don't know who's going to play who, but it's going to be funny. I plan on getting everybody in it. yeah. And we're just going to have fun, dude. It's nearby. It's local. Let's have fun. And uh, because in the song, uh, Hometown Boy, there's a line that says, you can hear a bat clink. Uh It says, Louisville slugger with a bat, no Wuhan. So it's referencing a bat Uh two different ways. A baseball bat and a bat that started, I guess, the rumor. I guess, I don't know if it's true or not, from the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. From Wuhan. So everyone's like, oh, shit. Like yeah. bar for bar, literally. Bah, bah. And you can hear a bat in there. If you listen closer, you can hear that bat clink. And it's yeah, it's fun because I was hyped. Listening. I love adding that. Like even when, um, because right now I'm editing a video for a client that I have, right? So sometimes I do go into the audio work and I add in like a, a church bell or, mm-hmm. I, or like a little flutter. Of, oh, you yeah. know, something cool. It's fun adding certain things. And I'm not big on sound effects. Yeah, I'm yeah. not big on sound effects with music. But I'm like, you know what? There's just time. This is a hype. It's it, yeah. It's a time, and it's like, let's try it. Yeah. So I was like, can you add a bat, like a hard hitting bat, and it swings for like swing for the fucking fences. Yeah. And if you listen to it, you can hear it's like Louisville Slugger with a bat no Wuhan, and you can hear the bat clink, and it's fucking nuts. So I was thinking of a sports theme for Hometown Boy for music videos. Deja Vu, I'm still kind of in the works about that because it, it has like a tango type 
piano. Uh-huh. I think I might like dress preppy for that one, which I don't know when. I just have to plan it. Running Man, it's like straight up just figuring something out with that one, which I know it's gonna be funny. Um, there's a couple other tracks we have to do, but yeah, it's I think of things visually. Uh-huh. What theme can we do for this? And it's fun because planning with people and planning with the group, it's like everyone throwing like ideas, uh-huh. and it's like okay, that idea will correlate with this idea. That idea will correlate with this idea. Like let's go, let's go. And if there's an idea that doesn't match with it, we drop it and keep going. And it's like, oh, let's try this way. And obviously, I've never storyboarded with everybody, like I said. Mm-hmm. But it's fun because I like doing it. Like I said, I'm an art. I'm an art guy. Yeah. Not just with music videos, but let's say if I perform. Yeah. Right. And I perform, uh, Mob and Deep, which it's a shorter song, but it's in the album. I immediately think, pitch black, like no blackout lighting, but there's red lighting from the bottom, mm-hmm. and it's just like full on intensity intense like oh shit like, this, is crazy. this is about to fucking happen this wow. is nuts because obviously i'm thinking of it and about how how can we work with the lights and i talked to ergie like if there's a performance i'm like how can we work with the lights how much flexibility do i have to get those lights so they'll tell me and i'll be like okay cool let's see what we can do mm-hmm. um obviously last time we did it there was a little bit more limitation but this one i don't know if there will be um but it's like how can I fuck with the lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By enhancing my performance. Yeah. Because last time. Just making time, things the best that they can. Mm-hmm. And last time it was visuals. Yeah. It's nighttime. There's visuals. This time it's like we might not have a projector, but there's lights. How much control do we have with the lights? And we'll go from there. So I already have certain things in mind, but it's just a matter of planning. We have a lot to plan. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot to think about and plan, but it's not that much. But I'm going to have fun with it along the way. And this album opened a lot of people's eyes in the sense of like, I'm still here, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that's yeah, how yeah. it is. And the next album we're going to do just the same. How do you start? Like when you make a song, like how do you like what's your first step to creating a new song? It depends. It depends. Is it me producing, writing and recording or is it just me writing and recording? Um, let's just say it's like, you want to create a song. All right, let's go. What do you start with? You start with a beat. Do you start with writing? I, st- I start with the beat. the beat. Now, if I have somebody producing it, I have them loop eight bars, uh-huh. uh, depending on the software they use it, whether it's Cubase or Logic. Um, who else? I think it's just those two. Loop it in an uh, eight bar. Mm-hmm. Give me time to write it. Go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I produced... 9400, I was in my room, lights off, computer screen, blaring at my face, eight bars on repeat. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, cool, got it. Just the fucking sample. Mm -hmm. Just the sample. And then eventually, I the way I function when I'm producing my own song is I immediately start with the sample. Mm -hmm. What can I do? I'm not that musically inclined. I'm not afraid to say it. Not that musically inclined where it's like, I can master a piano like that. No, can't mm-hmm. do that shit. Yeah. I have people. I don't know how people do that. It's so crazy. There's Kenny and Ergie are like that. I'm Adrian, like, that fool on the guitar. Oh, dude. Is, I'm like, why? I'm like, you guys rub it in. And yeah, it's funny because they're very musically inclined, but without them, I would not be yeah. here. So um, doing a couple songs, I'm like, okay, I loop it. I loop it. And I'm like, okay, how can I do this? Whatever, whatever. 
And I also get inspiration from songs that I listen to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deja Vu was a, um, it was inspired by the song Gang Gang with uh, Travis Scott. Um, I love that album. And it was, it was Travis Scott, Jack Boys, and Don Toliver. And the beat was not as fast, but it was hard hitting. It's like, oh shit, I could just vibe with that. Mm -hmm. So Deja Vu was based off of uh, Gang Gang. And there's uh, Running Man was based off of uh, No Friends in the Industry Mm -hmm. by Drake. So it's like, you could tell based on the beat per minute. Yeah. We get the beat per minute, we get the key, and sometimes we get the draw, the kick and the snare, mainly me that I do that. We get the kick and the snare, and we try to pattern the same way, but a little tweaked. Mm-hmm. So like I'll add certain things in the drums or in the snare, and sometimes I use a rim snare, and we we do it our own way. You just figure it out. We figure it out. Yeah. But it's it's so cool because it's like, all right, cool, I'm doing this, this, that. And I repeat the eight bars when I have a whole drum pattern, most likely with the sample. But if I have a whole drum pattern and it's completely figured out, it's not engineered, but it's just patterned mm-hmm. the way it needs to be. I start writing. Um, if the guys are producing, I just write when they have the eight bars because when they're touching it up, they touch it up in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I have, the, they just loop it and I just like, okay, cool, got it. I start going, I start going. And then when they go to a next beat, I change it up a little bit. I wait for them. And then I still try to write it. And then if I don't write it while they have those eight bars, then I don't. I just have them send it to me and I start writing it, Um, which is not bad. Mm -hmm. But having that inspiration is I literally, my best way is being in a dark room. Dark room. Like nothing to see. No TV on, nothing, just the computer and my phone and my uh, headphones. Cause it's like, how do you listen to music? Like, I don't know. Cause that's always interested me. Like I can see Ergie and the way that he sees music. Like when you close your eyes and you just listen to something, it's like a certain feeling that goes in through you. Of course, like every song is different, but there's just something that goes into your brain that you almost kind of feel it. Mm-hmm. I, I do it multiple ways. Like mm-hmm. listening on my way over here, I was blasting the music windows up and just feeling the kick. Yeah. Like I'm a sucker for feeling that heavy kick. Yeah. Like I don't have to turn up all the way, just blow up my fucking speakers, but I hear that solid oomph in that track. The power. Mhm. And it's like, oh dude, any song. And it's like, oh man. Like I obviously will listen to different genres, like mm-hmm. metal, rock, you know, sometimes pop, classical like I just said. I'm a sucker for oldies, but like with hip hop, I go for that kick. Yeah. Sometimes there's a solid melody in there. Like uh called, Lucas. Well, rap, isn't yeah. it? Rhythm and power. Right. Yeah. And and I listened to uh I was listening to Joyner Lucas on my way here because he has singles for his new album. Um, I was listening to What's That? And immediately, right when you hit play, that song immediately mm-hmm. hits you with a nasty ass kick in an eight oh eight. And it's like, damn, like that shit's is there hard any like practices that you do like either either technically like when it comes to music or um i guess creatively uh i think it depends because back then it used to be i listened to old school hip-hop uh-huh any artist any group and i just 
listen to the, how they write or listen to how they rap because there's a very big difference that people don't understand. And if they don't, it's probably because they never researched it mm-hmm. or they never bothered to, which is okay. But for those who are big on hip hop and rap, there's a big difference between West Coast and East Coast. Mm-hmm. Not just old school, but new school and more modern. Mm-hmm. But if we were to take old school, for example, East Coast is like, you can hear Wu-Tang. Granted, every rapper is going to have different flows, but you can hear Wu-Tang versus NWA. Mm-hmm. It's a very good comparison because there's different styles. New York has a different style or East Coast has a different style than West yeah. Coast. So I'm a big East Coast guy. I listen to all of it. But if I were to pick one, life on the line, pick one East Coast. But I love both. Mm-hmm. East Coast. What tells is it a about story. the East Coast that stands out for you? They're telling a story. It's uh, it's true elements of hip hop. Uh-huh. Not saying West Coast lacks hip hop. Yeah. But like if you listen to, if I were to dig deeper on not just Wu Tang, KRS One, mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest. It's more authentic. Authentic. You yeah, hear yeah. the elements of hip hop. You don't. You don't really feel the artificialness. You don't hear like, oh, that person's that person. That mm-hmm. person's that person. Yeah. And yeah. Um, West Coast, you got you know. It's just the whole West Coast vibe. I'm in California. I'm vibing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, B, and C, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's funny that you say that because um, East Coast and West Coast, like, uh, there's so many differences in in people. Like, people in, to, going more towards the East are a little bit more serious, you know? Yeah. Or with 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 marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been learning a lot about that. And it's like, um, like Indica, you know how it's like kind of slower? It's because it grows in the cold. Yeah. So it has to kind of go into like a more winter state. So it has that effect mm-hmm. compared to like California, where every, almost all of it's sativa. It has that energy where it just flows. And you know what, too, is I'm a big Indica guy, as crazy yeah. as it sounds, which makes more sense now that you think about it. Because I, there's times where, which brings back to the mental health thing, I'm very big on anxiety. Like I would mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety all the time. Even if it doesn't look like it, like mm-hmm. I'll get anxiety. And it's a slow build. It's like mm-hmm. a creeper, motherfucker. Like, it's just there. It's like, you don't even recognize it. You're like, mm-hmm. is it anxiety? It's like, I'm getting anxious. Yeah. Like, like, and like what just, is this? My heart is just... Not as much now than how it was before. Because before mm-hmm. it was like a whole fucking horrible. Now mm-hmm. it's just like, you'll you'll start to notice. And I'll be like, give me like five minutes. Which yeah. is not as bad as it was before. But back then, I used to uh, have a stizzy pen. I mean, I still do. But not as much. I don't use it as much now. And I would take a hit of like indica, or I would, if I had mm-hmm. flour, I would smoke it, and just like let me calm myself yeah. and long day. Let's relax. I it, really do appreciate my weed. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie, because mm-hmm. like people try to try to compare it to alcohol, and it's like, no, nah, you can't no. make the comparison at all. Nah, dude. If I were to put two and two together, I had a history of alcohol. Like yeah. I, I had a history of alcohol more than I had with marijuana, and I smoked mm-hmm. weed more than I've mm-hmm. drank. And it's and it's crazy because. When I was struggling mentally, I didn't go to weed. I went to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And and that's a dark path. That's why there's song there's a song that I had called Man in the Mirror. And and I I pick songs that I've written because it tells a story. Mm-hmm. Man in the Mirror was borderline it was borderline self reflecting. Not borderline, it was self reflecting. Yeah. Man and it was mirror. like a self reflecting and you could hear certain lyrics where it talks about drinking liquor. Yeah. Like, bro, I used to come home and pull out a sock like in my sock drawer there's fucking a bottle of whiskey right there and mm-hmm. i would drink it yeah and obviously i know how to contain my liquor and i'm very safe now but back then i would like go home and just drink and i had like nothing else to do i'm like ah, eh. and like, i lost the inspiration of a lot with weed i would say that like i 
I roll up, I spark a joint, and I'm relaxed, you know? And it gets me thinking of, like, because there's a lot going on. There's yeah. always a lot going on in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it kind of s- slows down, and it's more like, all right, time to observe and think and <laughs> plan out. But, uh-huh. like, with alcohol, it just numbs you out. You don't think. You don't do. You it's just, just you just, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard because it depends. Because I come from a family, a very Hispanic family. I mean, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So yeah, yeah. I come from a family where it's like, I went, literally went to go visit my mom. And she's like, shots. Like, ah. Celebration. Like, oh, you're nuts. I was like, yeah, we yeah. are in Utah and you're drinking. <laughs> but it's fun because I'm like, I don't drink much when I'm out here anymore, at least. Like, I'll probably have a beer or two. That's it. Um, it's rare when I drink a lot, which is good because it's self-control for me. Mm-hmm. And but back then, like I said, years ago, it was just heavy, heavy, heavy drinking. Like I would kill a bottle of Jack yeah. Daniels like and play Call of Duty and barely function, which is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I learned that a very different way. And now it's like I, I do it when I'm on vacation because I'm on vacation and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm with my mom. She wants to see me. You know, I'm a mama's boy. We're going to drink. We're going to have fun. Yeah. Being, you know, here, it's like work focus better like mm-hmm. what can i do to get better and especially when you're around those people that are thinking around the same thing like mm-hmm. smoking a joint or smoking a blunt with ergie oh. and having a talk like it's one of the best times it's, it's just like wow i love your mind it's funny because we'll like we'll we'll smoke and we'll kick it and we'll just yeah. sit down and just talk mm-hmm. and then we'll go back to music i don't when i record though because i know how lazy i can get <laughs> when i smoke weed i mm-hmm. don't do it when i'm working on a session or if i'm performing after i do it after i'm like yeah yeah celebrate whatever but if i if i'm not doing anything in the studio and i'm just there to be there then yeah of course I'll just you're there to think you just know there to see how everyone's doing it's like observe. i just go to hang out it's like a hangout pretty much mm-hmm. because it, it's a yeah right <laughs> it's good to it's good to make it feel like a home like mm-hmm. i'm just like, oh, okay i'm just here right but if i'm working on music it's like now nah, I got my water with me. I got coffee, like kicking it. It's like, time to work. Time to work. Let's get it's shit time done. Time to create. Let's go. And it's like I get in that zone where it's like I'm same energy that I'm I am now, but it's music, music, music. Mm-hmm. I will not focus on anything else. Sometimes we'll bullshit, talk talk shit to each other, whatever. That's just how we are. We're like a family, and then we go back to, all right, mm-hmm. let's record this verse. There's we go. things that need to get done, mm-hmm. yeah. and we go back to it. Being able to behind the scenes of ninety four hundred was very big on me saying, "Okay, how's everything doing?" Like I'd have the patience. I never rushed anybody. You can't rush perfection. You can't rush art. Um, otherwise, it's not going to be art. It's just there. Mm-hmm. And with ninety four hundred, or you'd be like, "Hey, here, I'm gonna send you these. Let me know what you think of these mixes." And we would go from there, and I'd pick which one. I'd be like, "Okay, cool. That's it." Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't as, and it's a. I'm learning this is which is. Pretty much piggybacking on what your last episode was, I'm learning this about myself is I always, I can't be afraid of having an opinion, not saying they wouldn't accept it because they will accept it, but that's how our friends are. But I have to not be afraid of saying, hey, what if we add a little bit here? Mm -hmm. What if we do this? What if we do that? And I had to learn that. So the album was big on, okay small shit like a sound effect like a bat hey Ergie, what if we had a bat there just to give it like a little like mm. fuck it and he goes okay let's try it and i was like i live by this thing where if it doesn't work it doesn't work take it out then it's okay it's good to try it yeah and um, it's not like we failed it's like the tracks gonna be fine and to this day that track is the most played on the album so mm-hmm. i'm like all right whatever and it worked 
touched it up. Sounds nice. I have video from it. If you see my highlights on Instagram, you're happy with it. It's, I'm happy with it. And it's yeah. behind the scenes of the album. And you see different songs being played of the album, like MIA, What's the Move, Deja Vu, all that stuff, Hometown Boy, Running Man. Like it, we're having fun in every clip, but we're also listening and observing. And it's like, okay, I fuck with it. There's like five of us there. And yeah, we're yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's cool, cool like having all of those minds because they're all looking forward to seeing if there's anything that needs to be added or subtracted mm -hmm. to make it the best. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about the group that we have. Everyone's willing to have fun, but we also hustle as mm -hmm. best as we can. And I think it's that little worth ethic that they implement into their art, into mm -hmm. their music, that mm -hmm. it kind of shows also in life. You gotta add and subtract things that, at the end of the day, will make it the best that it can possibly be. Yeah, and and we release a track, we release it. We thought it sounded good, whether it sounds good or or whatever the feedback was after. It's like okay, we move forward. That's it. Like mm -hmm. I, dude, no matter how much compliments I get, there's always gonna be one or two people saying some shit. Mm -hmm. And even those one or two people can cause like a little bit of self doubt. And it's just like. Ah, whatever. Right. But yeah, you kind of like you stop and you think you're like, nah, I'm. I know what I'm doing. Like, I know what here's doing. what's funny. This actually happened when I was on vacation seeing my mom. Okay. Um, I post it, and I'm very big on marketing myself, so I will pay whatever, um, to promote my album. So I put a good amount of money into promoting the album on Instagram. Instagram will also connect to Facebook. Mm -hmm. TikTok's its own realm. I don't yeah. use TikTok as much, but when I post it, I. Uh, promote it and the promotions are like insane. Yeah. So I think TikTok was almost 16,000 plays just promoting it. Wow. Instagram is a little different. Yeah. Um, Because I see the the account reach on Facebook was about 8,000. Instagram was about 16. So it's mm -hmm. different. But it correlates to the same thing I've, I've from what I've seen. This person commented on and I was funny because I laughed about it. Um. It's okay to have feedback. It's okay to have an opinion. But if you're working on music, if you do music too, don't shit on another artist, bro. Oh, yeah. And it's this person said something. And um, I joked about it with with people, with Ergie too. They uh, told me something. I forgot. They deleted the comment. But they told me something about not quitting my day job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I laugh because I don't take anything like to heart. I really don't. I've mm -hmm. taken my own things to heart. Nobody else's. I'm just like, mm -hmm. ah, whatever. Do you think keeping your day job keeps you in some sort of way grounded? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I learned about discipline. I learned uh -huh. about not only the sport, the sport that I've done taught me discipline, but taught me also how to be responsible yeah, yeah. and financially. Mm -hmm. And to not, like, I live on my own. I do my own thing. I pay my bills, my rent, all that. Because I have a job. And that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But I don't take it to heart because it's funny. But when the person said it, I was like, Okay, this person's got a rap name on it. So I'm going to click their profile. Click their profile. This is where I become petty, which is Ergie's favorite part. Because the petty version of me is the funniest. And we'll get the bars out there uh -huh. for rap. Like, certain tracks in the album, I'm petty as fuck. And it's because it's it's, you're showing a side of you that's like, this is what I fucking mean. <laughs> this, is, this is me, motherfucker. You know? Like, I don't need to be physical. I can yeah. just be verbal and it's yeah. fun. And I'll do just as fine. Yeah, and I'll be shit's gonna still be fine for me. Mm -hmm. So I go on the artist's name and it sounded like it sounded bad and I didn't say anything. 
like at first I didn't say anything. And then I said something to him and he deleted his comment. Uh-huh. Like, bro, don't I the whole point of that, and it's not to be a dick, it's just don't shit on if somebody has a track and yeah. it doesn't sound good to you, keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. You're not a fucking I was like, you literally live in Salt Lake City and you don't have anything on Instagram, you don't have a profile or anything, mm-hmm. and you want to tell me some shit. And it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. So it was funny because we crack jokes about it and I was petty about it, but I won't go into detail because I was just being a dick. And I'm like, don't shit another artist. It's like, you know, I don't know. This is how I think about it for myself. And I think I talked about it um, a little bit on the last episode. It's like, I've already, I already know how much I've worked on. You yeah. know, I know the work that I've put into myself to get to where I'm at mm-hmm. and I'm seeing what you're saying, but it does not apply. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm still fucking moving. I yeah. don't care. But the only time I'll definitely react is if it's another artist. If you're not, if if you ain't making like money to quit your day job and you're doing both like what I'm doing, mm-hmm. don't shit on anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's when I react. Yeah. If it's like. When they act like they got shit all figured out. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Because I will never, even if I make it tomorrow, like I said. I will still be the same motherfucker that you talked to last week. It's always just, a student. It's just me. I'm always going to be a student to the craft while also being a mentor to others. I don't mm-hmm. care how much my net worth is. I don't care how yeah. much I make. People, even people have become like almost stingy with their knowledge that they don't want to share what they know. Exactly. And that's how it is for people is, like I said, I'm not going to go up to people and be like, oh, I know this, this and that. I know this person. I know that person. Mm-hmm. Like I've already had an experience of that, of somebody like that. And they didn't pay for shit with any music video stuff. And they knew that I put a lot of money into that. And I wasn't making as much as I make now as uh, as somebody that worked, you know. But I took care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were certain people that I'm tight with here that didn't show up to the music video shoot. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they knew it was bogus. And it wasn't an insult to me. It was because, nah, that person that is featuring in that track with you isn't doing shit. He's not contributing to anything. Mm-hmm. He's just there. Yeah. And it's funny because after the second verse of Taste... They change that shit. Why? Because it's not my verse. Yep. And anyone else's, any other track they do or that I have with a feature, like with Ergi, with Midnight, they listen to all of it. Mm-hmm. But the only one that they change it is the taste one because, you know, it's somebody trying to be them, like somebody they're not. Yeah. Like you ain't got to be in LA and people will probably tell me this, but you ain't got to be in LA to be successful. Yeah. LA is just LA. It's, it's Hollywood. Yes. That's where a lot of shit goes down. You know, a lot of famous people are there. You don't have to live there, though. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to live there, sacrifice, like, a lot. What are your thoughts on L.A.? Like, the whole Hollywood aspect of everything. I used to fuck with it, but that's when I was in that taste persona. Yeah, that's when, that's where, that's the place to be, Mm -hmm. Hollywood. And when people tell me that, it's like, I'm not going to drop everything and move out there, bro. It's not the same anymore. It's not the same. It's not worth it. It's not, it's like... I if and I literally was thinking about this too, like, oh, what if, you know, I'm able to quit my job and I'm able to buy homes for myself. Mm-hmm. I'd probably buy like an apartment and be there when I need to be there. Yeah. If, if I were to be successful and everyone in the group is eaten financially and we're set, we everyone's got a house, et cetera, whatever. Cause if I move, everyone moves. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be for the same for everyone mm-hmm. else. If I move, I'm taking everybody. Like, yeah. our group is our group. We're solidified. But if I were to 
be successful and I have money in my pocket and I'm able to buy a home or two, I buy a home in the Inland Empire where I'm actually at and I would buy probably an apartment in LA or a house in LA, but it's hidden mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't need to be there. A little further away mm-hmm. from LA. From a little Not exactly away. in it. Like it's kind of like LA's here and I'm probably like right there, yeah. but it's nearby. And that's something that I would think about because I don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to be there all the time. If I'm like, if somebody's like, hey, you want to go film in LA? Let's go do some. Let's go do interviews. I'm like, okay. Let's I'd, go. I'd go out there. I have a place to stay. I'm able to stay there, do my interviews, go home. It's not a hotel. It's my mm-hmm. house, you know, and then go back to go back over here. And people can say like, uh, oh, well, LA, that's where all the connections are. It's like, dude. It's like, this is also a connection. This you is know? the biggest connection. I have the entire world, not just LA. Exactly. And you know what? It's crazy because I... I went to school for a little bit in L.A. I went to, uh, what was it? L.A. Film School. Okay. But I went for music. I networked a little bit there. But everyone was there to be hungry. That's what I learned. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good, yeah. Everyone was there to be hungry. Everyone was like, okay. And I would, would live in Rancho still because mm-hmm. I had moved. And then I moved back to Corona and back to Rancho. But during the time I lived in Rancho after high school, I literally was working two jobs. And I would drive 6.45 in the morning to LA film school for mm-hmm. school for four hours. And there's times where I had night classes. Bro, walking the streets of LA, it's the same shit. Either that or it's people trying to be themselves or people trying to be somebody they're not instead of yeah. being themselves. And it's like, I don't need to be around that shit. Yeah. It's like, no. Like, and you don't I was even there know for who music. you are. How are you going to try to come and tell me? And I was there for music. I yeah, was yeah. there for school mm-hmm. but like walking the streets of la like i was like oh okay like um because it's like right on i think hollywood or something but because you'd see the like the stars um but i would walk to like 7-eleven to grab like coffee or something like that whatever and keep in mind i'm just 18 18 19 and i was like i don't want to live out here like mm-hmm. at first i was like yeah 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 and part of me even during the taste persona, because I was still 2021, 20, I was like, yeah, LA this, LA that. But then part of me, a little part of me was like, I don't want to be out here. It was your gut kind of telling me. It was my you, gut like, saying, don't fucking do this shit. That's a red flag. Yeah. There's people here that are going to fucking hurt you, hurt you, use and abuse you. That's yeah. a bunch of, uh, not everybody, but there's people that are fucking snakes there. There's evil in the world. There's you know? people that, yeah. And, and you know what's crazy is I still do this all the time or still say this. Money is the root of all evil. Yeah. If I tell you and I have a million dollars. That's the saddest part. You can't do anything without money. Exactly. And you know what? It's it's a doggy dog world. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to survive mm-hmm. the best way you can, but not it's to so be a sad. fucking snake. Yeah. Because people get even the term of like an alpha. Mm-hmm. confused like no you're not an alpha you're just a strong asshole like exactly exactly and you know what and and that's the thing for me is i'm just like i'm not a fan like i'm a i'm a i'm cool with la but it's not a fan of living there yeah because it's overpopulated it's, it's artificial mm-hmm. and it's overpopulated completely like there's too many people living there and it's too many hungry people too many hungry people but they're starving yeah there's hungry they're not eating there's hungry people out here exactly there's hungry people out here that want to be successful and they will yeah it's like like i have uh people that i know that were that ended up being successful without having to do anything with la like they Mm -hmm. would go there but Mm -hmm. they didn't live there you know and then i know people that did live in la 
And it's like, they would tell me, oh, you should, if I were you, I'd just go to LA. No. They're like, you're me. miserable here. I was like, fuck no. I'm yeah. not doing that shit. I was like, one thing my, one thing I lived by my cousin, uh, no matter what, with music is don't change yourself. Yeah. Change yourself in a way that is going to benefit you in the long run. Improve yourself. Improve yourself. But don't change who you are for the mm-hmm. benefit of others. I still stay the same. That's why I've had many people come and go with my life because it's like, I'm still the same person you saw. I'm still genuine. There's times where I'm oblivious to shit intentionally Mm -hmm. because if I wasn't, I'd be taken advantage of. Yeah. And it's like, nah, we don't do that here. So me going, me staying here and staying as an IE person, I'm cool with that. I love that. I love, I love being able to go to places. Um, and talk to people and 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 be cool. Mm-hmm. People are humble. People are like there's some cocky people, but that's the world, that's society. But there's some people that you run into out here that's like, yeah, dude, the the goal is to do this, this, mm-hmm. that, and it's like you know, and, and, and that's that why passion. I like talking to you or like the creative people around me because mm-hmm. you guys understand something that a lot of people don't want to understand. Yeah, you know, it's like you can, you can do it too, but mm-hmm. you're just. You're not doing anything about and, it. And the, you know what, too? And I'm, I'm like I said, it brings back to me being grateful that I have the group that we have because mm-hmm. there was a time when I didn't want to do anything. And and that's why it brings back to music being such a beautiful thing for me because, and this is going to sound like a hopeless romantic type of thing, but if you love something, you set it free. Mm-hmm. Something or someone. I loved music. And there was a time that nobody knew until now that I set it free. Mm-hmm. And I just, I would still listen to music. I would still acknowledge music. I would still listen to other people's music that I showed support for, but I never worked on anything. That's so crazy that you bring that up, bro. And and I stopped it. And I didn't genuinely, I didn't publicize. I'm done with music. Because the second I publicized it, someone would be in my message saying, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And and it's crazy because a lot of people, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. But the one thing that people live by or that I live by is if you love something, you set it free. If you come back, it's meant to be. Music came right fucking back to me. I've never, wow. Because I could say the same thing. One thing that I talk about or that I've been talking about more recently is drawing. And now, like, I look back and I'm like, wait, I have, I'm not even an artist in that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to be. I used to draw all the time. Come home from school and draw until, like, nighttime, sharpies. And I'm recently like diving back into it again. And I'm like, how am I like this, like good at this? Mm-hmm. And then now that you say that about setting it free, I'm like, yeah, like you set it free, but if you come back, it's meant to be. Exactly. You know, it really just. That's for music for me is because mm-hmm. I've been a part of music for years, like yeah. since I was a little kid. And I took it serious when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I'm 25, going on 26. And it's like, it's been years since I took it serious. There was a time in my life where I separated myself from it. But at the same time, nobody knew about it, which is I was Mm -hmm. very stubborn with people knowing what I'm going through. And what What do you think that is? Is it like uh... I am the type of person where I didn't like I still am like this and I'm trying to change that where I don't like asking for anything. Me either. I hate it. I fucking Mm -hmm. hate it. Cause I can do it on my own. Exactly. And that's the that's the side of me where it's like my mom has to tell me like stop like ask. And I got to the point where I was borderline ignorant with the way I would say things. Like if I was fucking homeless, I would make it out. I'd figure it out. Yeah. 
And that's the motivation I had. And I was like, no, I can't. Yeah, it's okay to lend a helping hand. You know, yeah. it's okay. And for me, I let music go for a little bit. I even let video editing go because I did video editing too. I let that both go. I had a final cut on my computer and I let that shit go. So how do you find it after losing it? Um, What was it exactly? We're not losing it, but letting it go. Letting it go. Uh, how did you refine that, that love? A lot of people kept asking me when I'm releasing. And I would tell them soon, even though there was no date. Mm-hmm. And I had songs in the vault. I still do. Um, I performed two of them at the Ergfest, Fancy and Who's to Say. And now they're going to be released because I have that confidence to do it again. And when Ergie asked me to perform, he said, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, let's do it. I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And part of me was doubting myself. Like, can I do this really? Yeah. But my heart was saying, I could fucking do this. My mind was so mentally drained and in what you call a rabbit hole. Yeah. I feared I couldn't get out of that. And that's why you could see certain things where you can see the difference. And it's cool because it was the same night. My set, I didn't move as much. Mm-hmm. My set, I was very like in a specific spot. Mm-hmm. Smoke, I was everywhere with yeah. Ergie. I was animated. I was like, fuck it. Your heart said, shut the fuck up. My adrenaline, my adrenaline was like, we're in it. Now it's like album is already out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to perform that album. That's going to be fun. I don't give a fuck. Let's go for broke. And it's like, all right, the thing came back to me. And Uh one thing's for sure. And it's not a sad thing. It's actually a way that adds fuel to the fire. Yeah. People are going to come and go, like I said, and I know that's been talked about a lot, but if you love someone, you set them free. Same thing. They come mm-hmm. back. It's meant to be. I've let. Uh, I've. I've set somebody free before. I've done it recently. Mm-hmm. Or you love somebody, you set them free. And even yourself, you you mm-hmm. let go to this piece of yourself that meant so much. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that person again. Mm-hmm. See that truth again. Yeah. You know. So it's like shit. But at the same time. You look back and you're like, nah, that person's still there. It's not going anywhere. He's just, that's when you start finding it. Just again. needs time. Yeah. You know? And Patience. and like I said, it's it's the thing is, is I've let someone go before. You know, I've like I said, if you love someone or something, you set them free. The thing is, music came back. People mm-hmm. didn't, and I'm okay with that because no matter what, to this day, even if people recently have left my life, I still have music. It's shown you love. I still have music that's right there. Music has always been my therapy. It's been my drug. It's been my medicine. It's gotten me through life. And even when I didn't write for a while, it was still there. I would still cruise. I would still go for drives around Corona Mm -hmm. because I knew I know Corona. I've lived here most of my life. I've driven out everywhere. You know which street leads to which street. Everywhere. I know exactly where I can find my peace. I know exactly where I need to be if people need me there. And I was just like, and it's crazy because people growing up, especially family, it was always J or JJ for Jimmy Jr. Certain people didn't know me for Jimmy. They only knew me for J, which is okay because they didn't see that side of me at Jimmy. People that knew me for me without music saw that I was a genuine person. And that was <clears throat> that was a ticket for them. Mm-hmm. That And I made it clear. The door's open. You walk out. That's fine. 
that door's fucking closed. It's a test. I mm-hmm. left the door open on purpose. And I acted oblivious towards it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, the door is always left open. Yeah. But you walk out uh, with an ill mindset. Yeah. You're not coming back in. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to say anything about you leaving, but mm-hmm. I saw it. No matter, exactly. And I see shit. And that's why, you know, I'm okay with that. And if, and again, there's time where people part ways with you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I left the door open for anything and everything, music included. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing because I had the history of beating myself up thinking I'm not good enough. Fuck, man. Everyone came up to me after my set on the Erdfest, even though I was also operating some things. Gave me love. They, you, like the song you produced was amazing for who's to say. And dude, the love that I would get, I was like, I can get used to this again. It's almost incredible. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I was speechless, man. Because mm-hmm. you ask somebody else who has a different mindset, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, yeah. Me, I was I was speechless, man. Like I was yeah. emotional because I was like I was emotional inside, not outside. But I was like, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that really happened. And, like, and this is just a start. And Ergie immediately after the the Ergfest was done, gave me the biggest fucking hug. Said you did it. That's all that matters. You uh-huh. did it. And the post that I did with your pictures, it was true. I took a break. I thought about quitting, and I. Technically did, mm-hmm. but nobody knew because I was in my element. I was in my mind um, trying to figure out what can I do? Mm-hmm. And then I realized that music is a part of my life yeah. and that stayed there. That's why Blackheart was the way that it was formatted. That's why 9400 was the way that it was formatted because nobody knew the real me until you heard that album for Blackheart and then 9400 was like, but this is still me as well. Mm-hmm. It's just more hard hitting. No yeah. fucks given. Which Good luck. Is, keeping up. Yeah. And it's just like a beautiful thing. Like I said, that, that will forever be, you know, my number one love, uh, obviously family too, but family's family. Yeah. Like my mom will always be my love. Like I love her to death. It's my mom. Mm-hmm. Music. Uh, I mean, my sister's too, but my music was like, no matter where I'm at, no matter where I'm located, no matter how I'm feeling mentally, physically, emotionally, it's right there. And it's like, at the same time, like how you mentioned your family, right? Mm-hmm. People get it confused a little bit because they think it's in a way selfish of when they hear you need to care about yourself the most first. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, this, how are you going to serve others if you can't serve yourself? Exactly. That's That's how I think about it. Like when I'm trying to be what I say is the best. It's like, I want to be the best so I can be the best for you so you could be the best for you. You know what I mean? And you know what, too, is my mom and I have had these long talks. I mean, my dad and I have had talks, too, but nothing compares to my mom. And it's not that my dad didn't do anything because my dad is a different person when it comes to having these types of conversations about mental health. My mom, she was like, here's the the problem. And and we had these long talks together because I used to live with her. It used to be just me and her. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, me, her, and my sister. But when my sister moved out, it was just me and her. Go for drives. I was still learning how to drive at the time, I, even though I had my license. She was like, "Can you go, you go get me a coffee, and then we'll we'll talk." So I'd go to Jack in the Box because she's doing her hair. Go to Jack in the Box real quick. Come back with coffee. What she kind of coffee shit. would you get? 
She would wanted the fucking regular one. I'm a mocha person. I'm uh, a chocolate person. Okay. Like, literally, because I have a Keurig at home. I'm a coffee person. I love coffee, dude. And I I switch things up. Kind of sidebar on that, but I would get uh, almond milk creamer, vanilla, mm-hmm. because it's better. Yeah. It's a vegan option. And I'm not vegan, but I'll, I'll fuck it up sounds some healthier. Yeah. But it's pretty good. But yeah, my mom wouldn't want the coffee, and I get her regular one, a small one, because she's a five-foot Puerto Rican woman <laughs> with... But she's got a big heart and a she's fucking she's aggressive. I love her to death. But we get her the small coffee. Shout out, mom. My mom, I love her. She would tell me all the time when we're drinking, like when I was in Utah, puro pinchy party. Puro she doesn't party. have a fucking accent. <laughs> That's just how she sounds. She would do this shit straight up. This is like a truly can for her, and I have a beer in my hand, and we have shots yeah. laying around because that's her fucking combination. She would go like this, like fucking with me, and I'd be like. And my friends are next to me and I look at her and be like, what the fuck is wrong with your hand? And she just looks at me and goes, fuck you. Like, that's my mom. That's, that's my mom. Like I get that side from her. I get it from my dad too, but I get the spicier side from my mom and it's funny as fuck because I told people the day you meet my mom, you're going to see where I get it from. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have met my mom and they're like, oh shit. And my mom is like, these are my extra kids. Which yeah, is yeah. funny because it's like any of my friends I bring in that are loyal and that's How a privilege. Th- what um what do you think was different between like what your mom showed you and what your dad showed you growing my up? My dad my dad's been through a lot too. Mm-hmm. And um it was kind of talked about on the Blackheart um skit that I had of a voicemail. He he's very he wasn't a big my mom said it differently one day because obviously my parents are split, but my mom told my dad you're not a teddy bear. You're a grizzly bear. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't know a lot about caring like that in an emotional uh-huh. way. Your son is not going to be the way that you were as a kid. Mm-hmm. He has a luxury. My dad did not. Yeah, My yeah. dad used sports and academics to get himself right. My mom had parents that cared. I mean, my my dad had um, my grandma and... Uh, before he was going to go to the, I think it's the Air Force, his mom passed away from an illness when he was 18, 18, 19. So I didn't even get a chance to meet her. Okay. I got a chance to meet my mom's mom, which my Hispanic side. And um, so I learned a lot. But my dad was like three jobs. There was a time when he was sleeping in an SUV, like trying to make ends meet mm-hmm. and then took care of himself. And now he's like this big fucking teddy bear as we got older, because mm-hmm. my little sister is 16, or she's going to be 16, and I was like, where's this side of you? And I like messing with them. I'm like, where's this side of you? Back then, you used to take off the fucking door off the hinges, because uh-huh. we were in trouble, and he starts laughing. But I love him, because he taught me to be strong, to yeah. be tough. Certain ways was like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. But if I tell people these stories, they don't believe it, because my dad is like... I think it's... I think it's the fact that like they grew up, how was said, they grew up differently, you know, mm-hmm. through some hardships that we've never really encountered yet. Yeah. So when it comes to like being tough and being hard and being mm-hmm. strong, they take it to a different sense yeah. of it's not like you have to be strong because you can be. It's because you have to be. Yeah. Because you're going to get eaten in the life. And it's fun because it's crazy because my dad and my mom have both created such fun memories as a kid. I wish I still try to search through my dad's garage to see if I could find a little CD of a camera footage. Cause I was five, four or five. And we went to Disneyland as a kid. 
and mm-hmm. they were still together at the time. And, um, but they both have taught me valuable lessons in life. My dad says the same thing as my mom. It's just worded his way. And the message is still the same. You're too fucking nice to people. You're too nice to where you get taken advantage of. That is why I've been taken, taken advantage of. I would put my clothes mm-hmm. on someone else's back, even if I had zero dollars in my bank account. And I had to change that. Mm-hmm. I took care of fucking me. So the second I moved out, the second work started doing well for me financially, I was like, I'm by myself. Shoes, I'm by myself. Watches, I'm by myself. New clothes, I donated a lot of my clothes to charity like I always do um, as best as I can or to Goodwill. Um, shoes that I would try to refurbish and then donate it after and then buy the same fucking pair after because they love the shoe. That's how I was. That's how I still am. Mm-hmm. And But I got to the point where once I moved, it was more of, I'm not doing the same shit that I did before. We're going forward. We're going forward. I will take care of my boys. I will take care of like you. I'll take care of Ergie. I'll take care mm-hmm. of Kenny. I'll take care of anybody in our group because I know they're fine, but if they need me, I'm there. That's a difference because if it's somebody that randomly plopped in my life, you're not getting the same fucking benefits. You got to work your way. That's why that leads to the whole being oblivious thing mm-hmm. because I'm going to turn a blind eye and see how you react. I'm going to turn my back and see if there's a knife through it. Mm-hmm. That's how I function. That's how I now function. Back then it used to be, I'm adding too much love and affection to somebody, whether it be a friend or a relationship. And the same time they're doing that to me. Yeah. I don't do that shit no more. And if I'm a dick, I'm a dick, but I'd rather be labeled as a dick than being labeled as too fucking nice. Yeah. That's how I work now. It's like, it's not even that I'm trying to be a dick. It's just, I'm telling you what I think is true. Exactly. And I used to be way too nice. Yeah, that's I get why you. like the album I did recently, it it wasn't a facade. That was legit me. That mm-hmm. was legit not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. That was legit talking about um certain things where it was like I'm going bar for bar. People love it. People are fucking with it. But if you listen to the intro, I had one of my close friends do an intro. He's a voice actor, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You want you want to work?" And he goes, "He's super nice." His name's, his name's, uh, he goes by Christian Luma, but I call him AC. Um, we used to work together. I used mm-hmm. to be his boss. That's oh, shit. Say. And we, he's a little younger than me, but uh-huh. we kept in touch. Very good wrestling fans. It's fun. We like talking shit. Um, one of the biggest and kindest hearts ever. Um, and we can talk shit to each other. We've gone to the beach together. Like, he's a super cool dude. And I was like, I need you to do something for me. And it's something different. And he goes, yeah. what? And I was like, I got this album. I need a very intense intro. And he goes, okay, go on. And I was like, I'm going to send you a script and you're going to see what it means. And it's talking about, it's if you listen to it, it's talking about, I don't know what the fuck's going on with you, but this is not you. Mm-hmm. The drinking, the the emotions, all that, that's not fucking you anymore. Yeah. You need to be who the fuck you are. You need to wake the fuck up. Yeah, you're surrounded by people that are telling you that, that, that mm-hmm. that's you. So it's like a slap in the face, wake up moment, and then Running Man goes on after. The song, yeah. that's what's literally going to be played, performing, is the intro first. Pitch Black intro plays. And it's like, and he's like, you know what? It's going to take me a while, but I'm going to do it. And I'm yeah. like, are you sure? If you can't do it, let me know right now. Yeah. Fit perfectly. And yeah. he sent me voice memos. And to show that it's him, because he likes to fuck with me, <laughs> he sent me voice memos. And at the end of it, uh-huh. after he's done doing his actual script, he would just talk shit. He would <laughs> the just entire be, time. He would be out of character. 
uh-huh. being himself again out of the persona that I gave him. Yeah, because it he, still keeps on recording. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm going to fuck with them. What can I do to fuck with them? And I'm I'm laughing. <laughs> he sent me five takes. Five takes. The first one was the best one, which is the one we used. But the other ones I listened to just in case, you know, and I was married to the first take. And he would say some shit. And I'm like, did you really have to say that at the end? He goes, yeah, I don't forget. And it's funny because it's an insider <laughs> joke. Like, um, with work, I, I left, uh, I didn't leave the cleaning lady. I went to the office to count stuff and get stuff done. Cause I was a manager at that location and the cleaning lady was ringing the doorbell and I'm going, but it's like a walking thing. Uh-huh. And he has uh, a walkie cause we use those and he would talk shit. You're just going to leave the cleaning lady outside in the cold. And I'm like, bro, it's 70 degrees. Like yeah. it's not cold. And I'm like, and I'm on my way. And to this day, he was like, don't leave Norma outside (laughs) at the fucking end of the voice memo. And I'm like, you didn't have to say that shit. And I cried listening to it because I have it in my car. He said, don't leave Norma outside on the voice memo. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I had to cut it and put it back to where it was. (laughs) He's like, did you get my other part of the voice memo? And I was like, I did. You're an asshole. Yeah. And he starts laughing. He doesn't laugh that much. He just he's a he's a good actor. He's a fucking troll and I uh-huh. love him. And he wanted me to do like skits with him and stuff and be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I support whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm very good on films. I love films. So I want to do a short film. And, and, uh, like we were just one we were talking about, about sleep paralysis and the, and the dark sides of sleep paralysis. Oh, and I've thought of this for years cause I'm a horror movie person. Okay. And I've thought of this since fucking high school. And right. I finally put it on my notes because I remembered it. I had it written down, but I put it on my actual notes on my phone. And it was talking about a guy who's an author who is interviewing people doing a book on sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. Uh, book or an article. I think it was a book. And the person he interviewed was actually not just struggling with sleep paralysis, but they were possessed. And oh, like exorcist shit. Borderline. And Damn. And the sleep paralysis, I don't know if you've heard sleep i mean you have but also lucid dreaming yeah it looks like you're dreaming i was trying to practice lucid dreaming actually for a good while that's crazy sleep paralysis people tell me about i'm like how was how is that because i've never done it and they're like it's crazy it is because you're just laying there and you can't move your Mm -hmm. eyes are open Mm -hmm. you can comprehend but it's pitch black so weird and you know what i've never dealt with that and i was like i think i was like fuck i don't sleep on my back like that just face first into a pillow don't talk to me in uh in spanish we always say um said subió el muerto <laughs> fuck you know so yeah. it's fuck scary. that man i can't the do death that it's just but, right there looking at you like but you know what we were thinking of that and i kind of want to pick ryan's brain i've never done it yet but i i would think i'll tell him about that idea because we're gonna do music videos first i want to have fun and also let's take a break from music and let's do a film real quick yeah, it's and let's go to back to music create. after, and let's have fun with it. And I'm pretty sure everyone's gonna be down. Um, it's just a matter of getting the right group. And who knows? Like you make the, you make the, what's it called? The short film. Yeah. Right. And then you're working on it, and you're like, there. This needs a song, but there's no song that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So then you go and create a song that goes with it perfectly. And, and you knows how to like, score films. This whole new masterpiece out of different elements of art. Yeah, and you know what? It was, um, so there was a track I did in 2015, 16, called Eyes in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Boom Bap, got the beat off of YouTube. I was like, fuck it, exposure it is. Let's do it on SoundCloud. And 
you know what? I was thinking of names and I stuck with the short film name being called Eyes in the Dark because it's literally you're in sleep paralysis. Yeah. So there's more into that. And I obviously music has been top priority for me, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll pitch ideas later and I'll talk to Ryan and we'll go from there. And cause Ryan's a very good director. I, I, he, I see how he works. It's pretty cool. I've never actually been there side by side, but just him talking about it is really awesome. And uh, we were talking about horror films. There's one time where we did a music video and the power went out in the studio. Oh, wow. They were doing construction on the corner. Okay. And we were like, ah, fuck. So the music video for Midnight Santana called Tupac, we literally made it work and the power was out. Yeah. It was funny because the power was legitimately out. We could rarely use the lights until the battery went out. It was funny, but we made it work. And it's it- It's crazy how the best things comes out from situations where you think that it's not going to work it's funny because we're like i was literally changing into a business attire because the photo shoot for midnight santana yeah i thought they were fucking i thought they were messing with me dude (laughs) because people like to mess with me and i don't get i don't get sensitive about it which is funny but sometimes people turn the life off light off on me Uh i'm like oh like i'll just be fuck i was at work and for some reason our store has been like the lights have been turning off for some reason, just randomly. Mm. And I was in the restroom and it's just like a, a retail store restroom, you know, just mm-hmm. stall, stall, urinal, urinal, sink, sink, mirror. Right. Yeah. And I was washing my hands. Gladly. I was done with everything. And, <laughs> and everything turned off. And usually like people would freak out, but I'm just there. I'm like, <laughs> this, well, that's whack. Imagine if someone was in the restroom just taking a shit and the lights just turn off. You know what? Somebody <laughs> fucked with me like that at work once. <laughs> so I was in the bathroom and I'm just going to the bathroom. Uh-huh. And one of my friends, I've worked with him for a long time. He notices my shoes. Uh-huh. He notices the exact shoes, these Adidas NMDs that I've had for years. Notices them. They're starts like, whistling. Oh, starts fucking whistling. And I'm like, don't. And I was like, I know it's him. I was like, don't, don't fucking do it. And he's trying not to laugh. He uses the bathroom, leaves, flips. I don't even react. And I'm just like, you just hear like a loud, like, ah, like, fuck. And he's crying. (laughs) And, and I'm like, I walked out and finally, (laughs) I, I was literally in the dark the whole time. And I finally used the bathroom. I washed my hands and I'm like. I walk into the office because we're both the same level of management. I'm like, I hate you. And he starts crying. And he's like, he's like, got you good, didn't I? And I was like, I hate you. Dude, it's funny how like, I'm I'm telling you, I'm learning so much and I appreciate it. Because like even that little analogy, it was just a simple joke. But you take that into real life and it's like, yeah, shit's going to come your way. (laughs) They're going to turn off the lights on you. And just a matter of how you react. It's about reacting with patience i'm just like and i'm super patient i'm impatient with myself and that's Mm -hmm. a work in progress but i'm patient with everyone else yeah and i'm just like okay cool give them time whatever i mean i coach wrestling for fuck's sake i have to be patient somehow some way and i'm just like all right let me give myself give them time and how you said is like i hate them but in reality you're like i love this dude it's funny like my friend my friend that i call ac Mm -hmm. he would fuck with me he Mm -hmm. would fuck with me when we used to work together and he would mess with me and I'm like, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. One time he, what did he do? He put a, like a couple chairs in front of a doorway uh-huh. or closed the door, shut off the lights 
and my office has the light on. The hallway doesn't. And I'm just like, the fuck? Did I turn this on? Mm-hmm. So I left it on because it's not a motion sensor. It's a switch. Yeah, yeah. The office one is a motion sensor. So I'm back in the office doing my shit. He knew I turned it back on. So he walked back in there, shut it back off. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I'm going to leave it off. And I just walked away because I'm like, no one's dying. We're fine. Mm-hmm. And I just go back. And that's just how it is. Like my, my level of patience is so high with other people. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's very high on other people, but it's very low on me. And I have to learn to love that uh, and to perfect myself and be like, okay, how can I be patient with me? Let me like, so certain things, uh, it's like, okay, this particular software on my computer is not loading. Final Cut's not loading. Yeah. Because I use Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro's not loading. What do I do? Okay. Let me turn the computer off, turn it back on. Okay. Let me see. Give it some time. Okay. Now the mouse died. I got to fucking charge it. Charge the mouse. Whatever. I have to learn to be patient over the littlest things. And sometimes it'll get so small, like... After your patience starts to run out, it could be like even a pencil falling to the floor from your desk, and you're like, <sighs> "Right, I'll pick this up and I'll put it on my desk. <laughs> I'm gonna chill." <laughs> like my like, uh, I have a cat in my house. It's my, oh, brother. it's my brother's cat. Go. He's he's one of the nicest fucking cats. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a dog person. I will always be a dog person. I used to have a dog when I lived out here, but that cat's pretty fun. Uh, my brother called him Winston. He was actually a rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, legit, not from a shelter. He was the neighbor's cat, and when the neighbors left, they abandoned him, <gasps> so my brother took him in. Okay. So he loves affection, and he has separation anxiety. Oh, uh, so he's like kind of clingy? He gets very Kinda. fucking clingy. <laughs> and I, when I moved, when I moved in with my brother, it was like, okay, Winston loves affection. I cannot fucking make coffee to save my life without this dickhead laying on my feet. Like that, coming up to your face. Like I wore, if I wear black sweats, black pants, I have to be like, get away from me because I just use a lint roller. And and he's (laughs) like, and he just looks at me and he talks. Like he's like, my brother and I just look at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And And I'm like, cats are so interesting. I will argue with him. Yeah. I, this is, this is my day at home. If I'm not doing shit and I just, I clean because it's therapy and I like to relax and stuff. But if I feed him, meh, I'm like, what do you want? I'll be on the phone with people. I don't give a fuck. Do you pay a fucking bill in this house? I didn't fucking think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I do that with my cat Estela, dude. And what's funny She's is so people annoying. FaceTime me, they call me, they can hear him in the back. And... That's just how it is. And my level of patience with them is the best because yeah. I'm like, are you done? I, I do bought like a- this asshole every day. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my brother and I will look at him and we try to meow with him. And yeah. it's hilarious because he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like I said, there's certain, it depends on the cat. Um, If the cat just loves affection and stuff, I love affection too. It's learning to understand how it's, they work. Exactly. And I'm a big dog person. I used to have a Maltese for years when I was a kid since, uh, from seventh grade to the age of 20, I had a Maltese. Her name was Daisy. That was like my child. And I never got another dog to this day once she passed. Um, my dad had her, his husky. Um, my mom had her cat in Utah. And then I have Winston. But I never got another dog. And uh, mainly because I'm so busy, I don't want to neglect it. Yeah, it's so a lot of like, 
for Summer. sure. If the day I have some sort of comfort to get a dog, then that's different. But for now, I have my cat. The luxury. My cat yeah. is a fucking teenager in the house. <laughs> and learning to what that cat, how that cat is with me, my brother and I, our rooms are next to each other. And he goes, pick a side, Winston. And just looks at both of us and walks into my fucking room. <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker is going to think we're going to play fight. I'm just trying to play Xbox. I'm just playing Call of Duty. I can't play Call of Duty because I'm like this. He and he climbs on the chair and he wants to fucking rub on my <laughs> controller. And he got me killed. I was like, you're a dick. I'll be, I'll be working on my desk. Oh, well, it was in my room in the studio. And I had it like that. And my cat always comes up because I'm like this on my keyboard and my mouse right here. And walks. I'm like, dude, you're getting like hairs all over my nose. Move. And I put it on the floor. No, <laughs> no, my cat, what he'll do is he'll lay on my bed. If mm-hmm. I get him to lay down, he'll lay down comfortably. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know how cats like rub their whole body on yeah. your, like on your body and they keep going and going. This cat will do it so much because I like to my desk, the way it's set up in my room, my bed's right here. So I'll plop my feet up, mm-hmm. just kick it, play Xbox. So my feet are just hanging up and Winston will rub his body. And he'll do it so much that he's towards the edge and he'll fall off the edge. And like. Just plops. And you hear his whole body. Yeah, yeah, se cayó el way. And he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't move. He yeah. just looks at me and goes back to his fucking normal business. So I was like, all right, you're going back out of the room. Go do the bath. Go use the bathroom, whatever. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Yeah. And there's times where I can't even shower without the fucking doorknob moving and yeah. knowing it's him wanting to get in. Yeah. That's his separation anxiety. Cats are very interesting. They all have their own personalities, and you really got to learn how they work. Like, we got my sister's cat, Taz, and that fool, he's so affectionate, but he has his little moments where he's just a butt. You're like, like you'll touch him, and then all of a sudden he'll be, <laughs> all right, all right, chill. No, wow. my my cat loves affection. Like, yeah. I will fuck with them. I will personally annoy him. Uh-huh. Just start poking him, like, do something, like, just to fuck with him. And he doesn't do anything. He just keeps rubbing his body. But the second I leave, the second I'm even in my room uh-huh. or trying to take a shower or trying to go to the bathroom, this fucking doorknob's moving. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not leaving. And he goes, ma, ma, like, and it's like, leave. You think about it a little bit more, and it's like, well, that's all he knows, you know? <laughs> Love with that person. So he's, he's my kind of my child kind of my nephew if you like count. you are his world it's like all right we're here yeah and i have to the one thing i have to keep him away from my closet my shoes are in there so he will fucking mm-hmm. i have these nice beautiful suede uh chelsea boots black oh dude i know exactly and what i'm you like mean. i love those kind of out boots. of my closet because i have shoes uh i have these containers and i just bought bigger ones that i have to use again uh-huh. to like in uh put bigger shoes like high tops mid tops because these are lows but if i have high top shoes mid top shoes or my chelsea boots they're easier to fit i have to keep them out of there because there's some shoes that are exposed so he's just gonna put his body all over your hair i'm like stop yeah like i have to be away from him like jackets uh flannel shirts black shirts stop yeah i can't touch you today i was like sorry i'll, I'll pet him like this Stay like, away. Here's some love and affection. And just like right here because the body will just float everything. <laughs> exactly. I get what you mean. That's how he is. He just fucking doesn't, you know, he just doesn't stop. Yeah. And But it's funny. I can't even work on music without him doing shit. He just wants to go in my room. He There's times that I have video footage. I, I think it's on my computer 
Should make a song about Winston. Fuck it, hey, man. This cat. If I leave it cracked open, legit will go up, smack the door open, and run in. Cats have the have a mind of their own. If I keep it like at very a, interesting creatures, like closed but not completely closed, it's like a little crack. Put his nose, barge in, ah, open it, and I'm like, yeah. I literally will be minding my own business, <laughs> and I'm like, do you but want you're me still outside? A dog person. I'm still a, I, I'm a dog person, but he is the exception because that uh-huh. that cat brings me life. If I'm having a bad day, his affection stays the same. He's yep. just the only time he'll hate me is when you don't feed him. No, not even that. It's when I um I wanted to fuck with my brother, and I bought a cowboy outfit for him. Uh huh. And it's the one where <laughs> it's the outfit where you put his paws through the legs. And it's just like, but that? there's arms already made for him. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. did that, and I filmed it, and I sent it to him. What did he, he say? fuck did you do and he's laughing so i was gonna i put it on and sometimes i'll leave the house i don't do it all the time but it's, it was just for fun it was like best 10 bucks i spent on amazon and my brother's like dude <laughs> the fuck and it's a western outfit uh-huh and that's the only time he'll hate me because he doesn't want to wear it the like hat it. is where he draws the line oh uh, the outfit like this you can fuck with me all you want but this now you're crossing the, the damn line second i put a hat on him nope take it <laughs> off and he takes off everything I'm like, man, you know. And I'm out. I'm I, out. I found a way to get him to wear it. It's by me sitting down, giving him affection. So, yeah. Boom. Done. Sneak it on. But the second I put the hat on, he fucking hates he it. He realizes that he's like, fuck this. I'm dead. I hate now you. Cro- now you're crossing the line. I sent it to my family group chat with my mom and my sisters. Um, They're like, what did you do to him? Uh-huh. Gave him punishment. He fucking put fur all over my pants. That's what the fuck he did. So he got the cowboy outfit. He has to wear it for 10 minutes now. <laughs> He's in timeout, <laughs> but it's it's fun, dude. It's um that's literally what I do in my house. If I'm not working on music, I'm not playing video games. I'm literally like, if I'm not cleaning, I'm literally just annoying my cat. Unless somebody calls and said, "Hey, you want to hang out?" Then I'll drive out here. Most of the times, I try to drive out here in Corona on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he fucking, I that's literally my day is my cat. So out of all the things that you do throughout your day, how you say like music, work, your cat, what would be one Thing that you think resonates with all of them in your life like what would resonate with that yeah what word do you think would correlate with every single one of those aspects in your life healthy healthy because the me before and i don't like backtracking but i like i don't like going into the past or dwelling on the past now i used to and it was a crime for me but i now think about the past in a good way that how it benefits me now and in the future. You see the bigger picture. I see the bigger picture now. I look at my scope of work and how it is now. And it, the best way to say it is healthy. Because back back, a couple years ago, three years ago, I would not get out of my room. I was a hermit. I would only go out of my house if it was um, work or yeah. if my friends dragged me out if of the you house. Had to. If my friends are like, we're going to go grab food. They didn't ask me. Because if they asked me, the answer was we're no. We're picking you up. Get we're, ready. Like, hey, we're gonna pick you up. Let's go, and we would go. You know? I don't want to go. We're outside. Get ready. Okay. The only time I would like actually say yeah, I'll go is the studio because I used to live right next to the studio. Uh huh. So I'd be like, all right, cool, and I'd bring my whole ass computer. Like I don't have a laptop. 
I I want to get a laptop, but I haven't because I have an old one, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but that. I have a Big Mac computer. Okay. I'm like, all right, on my way. And they're like, you brought that? Ergie's like, this motherfucker brought the whole setup. I was like, buy me a laptop. I was like, <laughs> I haven't gotten one yet. So I'm like, here we go. Got to do. It's fun because, um, yeah, like I would definitely say healthy because healthy. I was able, I was able to manifest a lot for myself, and I give myself these af- like these daily words of affirmation. What can I do? How do I get better? One percent better. One percent better, just like I say, and I don't like uh, what's the word? I don't slander the growth, mm-hmm. and I don't put up a front. For anybody anymore. If I'm upset, you see it. I if I'm angry, you see it. If I'm friendly, you will see it, which is ninety seven percent of the time. And I still find a way to improve for me. How do I become a better person? Regardless if it's working, music, literally annoying my cat. <laughs> fucking something as small. Something small versus something so big like working out with the kids. And the kids ask quality me. Quality over quantity. Mm-hmm, all the time. I'd rather take my time and build that quality and that quality of life, some say, by by also getting better for me. I don't want to be somebody anymore that's like, yep, 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 when it's really no. Yeah. And I don't want to do something that I'm not comfortable with anymore, which is very rare, but I... Do the best I can to become better, and not only that to motivate others. I people will text me all the time, to- all the time, and ask me about music and stuff. Like my little sister's sixteen. Mm-hmm. When I think she was a freshman or in middle school, her friends she would talk to her friends all the time. My brother does music here, mm-hmm. boom, which is cool. And she would like one time this little kid. He's a I think he's a middle school. Uh, at the time, he would ask me, how do I start up with music? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, who who is this kid? But yeah. then I look at his profile and I find out my sister follows him and vice versa. So they were friends or yeah. they knew each other. And he's like, yeah, your sister showed me uh, your music. How do I start that? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer this. So I took the time and I responded. This is what you got to do. Um practice 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 was the one thing and just being able to have that opportunity to talk to somebody about that yeah i can't control their journey Mm -hmm. music might be a way for them to start something bigger um they might want to do music and then start that see how that is but then be like you know what film sounds even better Mm -hmm. and they become more fluent and successful in that or vice versa Living through creating mm-hmm. at like, the end of the day. Like a good comparison is Drake. Drake was not was an actor on Degrassi. Yeah, Degrassi. Then became one of the most successful artists mm-hmm. today. And it's like, you don't have to focus on one thing. You expand. Mm-hmm. What What's the terminology from school when I was in LA film? Transmedia. Okay. Transmedia is, think of a franchise. Mm-hmm. It's a franchise. It's not just a movie. Like Harry Potter. Yeah. Star it's Wars. a franchise. Star Wars. Star Wars is a very good one. It's movies, 
but they also have series behind it. Yeah. And I think there's like books about it. Yeah. There's uh, video games. Video games. I literally was playing Battlefront 2 the other day. Great game. I I fucking love it, dude. I became so hooked. It's not even funny anymore. And I used to not be big on Star Wars. I used to play it on the PS2. Oh, fucking A. I use use my Xbox. Bro, it's bad. Like, I've insane. Darth Maul or Yoda for sure, (laughs) depending on what side I'm on. But my assault is like almost level 40. I literally played this game five days ago. Jeez. And now I've ranked up. Because Call of Duty, I don't want to get burnt out. But yeah. Call of Duty, I'm like very high level. Yeah. But yeah, transmedia, it's like you get it, you get a an iconic movie, for example, like Star Wars or movies. There's sequels to yeah. it. There's stuff around it. Probably comic books, regular books. Uh, so you're saying like... Be your own franchise. Be your own franchise. Create your own empire. Yeah. You know, we can do podcast what we're doing, like podcasts. We can do music. We can release albums. We can create films. If your name is plastered in a good way on different things that isn't revolving just around one thing, that's fucking an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh-huh. And that's also becoming your own franchise. That's not just what, that's what I want to do. Not just music. Music is the root. Yeah. Music is the number one, the trunk of the tree, so to speak. In that tree, you have branches. Your branches are different things, like a family tree. Mm -hmm. Trunk is like your parents. They're all interlinked, but they're all separate. It's all interlinked, you know, and the leaves will always fall, but the branches are still there unless Mm -hmm. for some reason, you know, weather. But going back to that, it's like, Music will always be the trunk for me, Mm -hmm. the startup of the tree. And it'll also create the branches of different things, Mm -hmm. writing movies, video editing, different aspects of art, different aspects of art. Um, Because I love art. Mm -hmm. Like I legit love art. And it's cool because I try to learn more about art. As As a kid, my mom used to take me to the Getty Museum learning about that shit. I'm like, damn, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just art. Being able to see, like, damn, art's been like that for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm living through it. It's you're literally living through it. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. So that's the goal. Not just for me, but for everybody that is working around the same route, which or is Or anyone who even gets to experience it. Exactly. You know? Like not just not just what I do and what you do and what Ergie does. All of us together. Mm-hmm. All of us together. But separately, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. we're all in the same thing. And I remember uh, Ergie was talking about that. Well, I think the third time he was on the podcast, talking about how our group is, how mm-hmm. we function. It's literally just that. The way we function is we're very hardworking, and we do our own thing. Mm-hmm. But it becomes something so beautiful together. Mm-hmm. Like every, almost every artist, I think every artist actually on the first Ergfest. We became closer. Yeah. We exchanged numbers. We've talked. We became close. And we talk shit to each other. Like, it's cool. We have a big ass, I mean, you're in it, big ass Erg family group chat on Instagram. And sometimes we're on it, sometimes we're not. Um, But it's still there. And that's the root is what can we do to get better every day? Sometimes people post their album. I know I've done it. Some people post other things like, hey, I'm performing here if you guys want to pull up. That's the support, dude. If you don't make it, you don't make it. If you do, you do. But mm-hmm. you're in a group and a collective and a family where of some everyone sorts. wants you to be your best. Yeah. And that's what we do. Is mm-hmm. it's it's such good people there, and 
um, we do the best we can, not just for me, but for everybody in that group is we do the best we can to um, perfect our craft. You never stop perfecting your craft. We don't, uh, I'm glad I have the friends that I have that are like, don't fucking stop. Don't stop. No matter what adversity you have, no matter what obstacles you come across in life, do not fucking stop. The moment you stop is the second you give up on yourself and you can't do that. And it's just like, oh, okay. And you have to get yeah. back to it. That's is, the beauty about accepting when you're quitting. It's like you get to decide when you're done. Yeah. And and one thing I've told people, and I have to remind myself, because I'm very good at giving advice, but I'm so fucking horrible at taking my own, which yeah. is funny. I guess you. Because I will tell people certain things, and it's right, but I suck at taking my own. And so I have to learn how to take my own. Yeah. And taking my advice is like... Um, What's another one? It's like I have to learn baby steps. Mm -hmm. I have to learn to not sell myself short. I have to learn to keep the growth. Yeah, that's why, like, speaking of mirrors, how, how we even started this conversation, we started <laughs> it through the talk about a, a mirror, like the man in the mirror, right? Yeah. I've talked to myself in the mirror before. You know, I was just standing mm -hmm. there. I was, I was on a mushroom trip. But I was looking <laughs> at myself in the mirror, and I'm just talking to myself, and I'm like, Yo, no one's ever fucking talked to you about any of this before. Mm -hmm. Like, was it me that I had to bring that out of myself? And it's kind of cool. It's very interesting just sitting there and taking your own advice for once. Yeah. You know? And that's what I had to do is, is self-reflecting. Mm -hmm. There was times, dude, where I would be intoxicated home. Um, obviously, I wasn't intoxicated before that, but I would get home and I'd just start drinking. Mm -hmm. And I would look at myself in the mirror. I was like, is this who you really want to be? Mm -hmm. is, this, is this it? Is this you? Yeah. This is not you. Yeah. And I there's so a, much to you. Exactly. And it would be an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Me high is different. I just want to sleep. <laughs> but I'm like, it was a good day. Whatever. That's why I never used weed much as a scapegoat. Yeah. I used alcohol. See, and we, you said um weed makes um makes you want to sleep. For me, weed makes me want to flow. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it isn't sleep, it's just a nice drift into sleep. Sometimes I would do the same thing. I would yeah. watch fucking I'm a sucker for Disney movies. Oh, it's okay. not horror movies. It's Disney movies. I'm weird like that, but I love it. And I will have like Disney movies watching when I'm just like, I just smoked. So I'm just like, all right, cool. And I'm just flowing, yeah. relaxing. Like I, the Pixar movies, especially the colors, it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. But Whole I. Whole new world process. A, it's literally just relaxing. Yeah. But I never used it as a scapegoat. No, I never. used it. I used alcohol for sure. And, and it's cool. It's a cool thing to talk about because. It's an obstacle, but I overcome it and I'm healthier, happier. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that all the time. It's like, you can do anything you put your mind to. The yeah. only people that could, the only person that could stop you is you. Yeah. And You're one your thing, biggest enemy. Exactly. And there's a difference between failing and quitting. Yeah. Failing is okay. Shit happens. We'll get him again. Like we'll when you play a again. video game, and yeah. that's a weird comparison. You do a side mission in like Call of Duty or something and you fail the mission. What does it say? It says retry. Yeah. You keep going. The only time you quit, is when you legit say, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And that's what it is. There's a difference between failing and quitting. Yeah. Sometimes there's it's okay to quit when you're like, I I can't. It is what it is. I've already tried everything. I've given it my all. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Because you failed. you And you may quit it. But how you said, maybe you'll come back to it one day. Yeah. Like, you, like if I am doing a jigsaw puzzle, and I use this comparison a lot because my grandma, before she passed, we used to do jigsaw puzzles together. And I was a little kid and she would tell me, do the edges first. You yeah. got to create that border and work your way. Doing it by myself. Oh, dude, I had to learn patience. Yeah. And it's like kind of the same as a Rubik's Cube because you're trying to solve it. 
So I'm like solving it and I'm like 30% and I'm like overthinking. I'm like, all right, does this piece go here? Whatever. You don't force it. There's so many pieces. How am I supposed to make this? There's so many pieces to fulfill that, to make it complete. Just like with life. To make it beautiful. Exactly. And you have to take a step back and you have to say, okay, this is still going to be here tomorrow. I'm not going to overwhelm myself. Uh I'm going to take a step back. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. You come back tomorrow with a fresh mindset, hot cup of coffee or cold, depending on the weather. And you go from there and you, you listen add to music one piece. Exactly. And you add another piece. Maybe just another 1%. Just keep going. Yeah. See, that's what I, that's, that's the whole motto for me is, is that same thing with music. I will write. And then there's times where I'm like, I can't write anymore for this song. Let me reflect. Let me reflect. Let me, I don't give up on the song. Mm-hmm. Like Blackheart 9400 were projects that were put out 9400 this year. Blackheart, I think 2021. Those projects were thought of in 2016. Damn. Like, though the idea of those there? albums were thought of. The guy who did my cover art, he did both of them years ago, and he didn't. He did a badass job because the one in 9400 is me as a little kid, like scribbled out. But you've always, you've always seen it. You've mm-hmm. always maybe not the full picture, but you've always tried to see as close as it can. Yes. Like to the full picture as possible. Exactly. And even if the idea is fuck, 23, seven years old, Mm -hmm. almost eight, I never gave up. Or six or seven years old, I should say. Never gave up. The vision was still there. The idea was still there. It was just, how am I going to put these pieces together? And then eventually, I put them together. And it wasn't just me. It takes a village. But with the idea and the concept, I had to figure out how I could put those pieces together. And it came to fruition. And everything came to life. The The story of Blackheart came to life. The story of 9400 came to life. 9400 was a lot quicker in the sense of we knocked out four sessions. I wrote everything um, as much as I could. I wrote about 95% of those tracks with the exception of Running Man and the intro. I wrote about 95% of that comfortably. Mm-hmm. And we thought about, I think it was la- late December, early January of this year, um, December of last year. We talked during our meeting with me, Ergie and Kenny, and we were, I was like, okay, we could do it. And I said the goal, I said that day, and I'm horrible with fucking release dates. Mm-hmm. Very fucking horrible. And I'm like, I want to, we could do May. I looked through it and I'm like, okay, Ergie's releasing this time. Midnight releases 420. Let's do May 19th. Okay. We do May 19th. From that time on was, all right, I broke it down in phases in my head. Let's do the production phase. Mm-hmm. Production phase, we're already almost done. That's it. Then I think Running Man was already done at the time. And uh, we, yeah, I think it was done. Oh, no, was it? I don't remember. But it was complete mm-hmm. first. That was the first one that was done. Then the rest of them I started producing, and I did the whole process, the whole creative process, being in my room locked up. Not really locked up, but lights off in my room, mm-hmm. in my element. Right. Your zone. My zone. That's it. In your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it worked because every month it was different. Yeah. Every month. January was around the recording time. January, February. February to March was tightening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, March to April was perfecting it, listening to it, making the adjustments. April to May was prepping the release. 
mm-hmm. and we broke it down in those phases. Well, I broke it down. I said, okay, production phase is good. Now let's start recording. The recording phase is good. Now the engineering. Mm-hmm. Engineering phase is good. Now we're at publishing. And I broke it down that way for my sake because it followed through like the way I needed it to for me. So I was very adamant in a way that was understanding of how softwares work because you never know if software crashes, yeah, other yeah. bullshit. Some like, hiccup in the road. Yeah. And like, for example, Running Man itself, we had to re-record the whole thing because Running Man, the file got corrupted. Gee, dude, it, it was sucks. bad. Yeah. And Ergy wasn't, he was like, you could tell he was annoyed by it, but he, you can tell he was like, we can record it. Here we go. And and he was like, yeah, I tried finding it, dude. We couldn't find it. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's, we re- let's re-record it. We did yeah. it again. More energy, more power, and this one was better. And yeah. you were that ready were there, to let that beauty go to waste. Yeah, and then everybody that was looking at it or listening to it was like, that was 10 times better than the first fucking take anyways. Yeah. And we were like, really? And we're like, yeah. Ergie put a lot of fucking energy into that where it's like, same way... He's yelling out more than me. I'm more aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive, but we were just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, we're here. Let's make shit happen. We're making shit happen. And um, yeah, it, it was the it was an amazing thing. Like, we had that setback, but we we're like, okay, take a step back. We'll be fine. So while we were recording uh, the other four songs, it was MIA, Deja Vu. I think it was three three songs: Mob and Deep, Hometown Boy, Deja Vu. Yeah, four songs. Um, we were missing one more, but we didn't record it until the next day because we were running out of time based on the crunch that we had. Uh-huh. And Ergie's like, when you come in to help me with the engineering, you could just record what's the move later. So I was like, okay, cool. So we did that. And I think Jordan was on his way over there at the time where we were recording what's the move. And um, which is funny because it was just through passing and Jordan's like, I fuck with this. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because Jordan's a very animated dude. He's like, I fuck with this i like this right uh-huh. while waiting for his session we were just tightening up things before i left but in that process it was like take a step back let's breathe mm-hmm. if we can't find it we can't find it we re-record re-record it boom done keep moving forward keep moving and we and we did it no rush no overwhelm we're fine yeah. i think the only overwhelming thing for me and it was because of me nobody else was the publishing yeah i was like i've never done distro kid before i was like i've never fucking published a new realm there's a yeah. new realm and i was like i'm so used to using lander um with somebody else's sign in and then we do it and go from there but but the guys were like have you tried distro kid i'm like i'm not familiar with it but tell me i know you've talked to me about it and he told me he's like you're in charge of everything you do your analytics your demographics it's not as detailed as spotify or uh, apple music for artists uh but it'll tell your statistics for the entire uh, all platforms. Yeah, yeah. So I know. Yeah, so I know. Like I know, it's not a million views, but the the album, it's been out for almost a month already, and it's almost at a thousand. Yeah. So it's like that's cool. I'm yeah. Like, I'll take that shit in a heartbeat, and it's good to learn that. And uh, but I was panicking the entire time publishing. I was like, fuck, it's gonna release the same time because Lander, I have like, not bad experiences, but Lander's very. It's a different publishing software. But they're very paranoid. They master the track for you. Mm-hmm. And then they can publish it for you. But they will sense the littlest things wondering if it's a copyright. Uh, Which is like, fuck. Blackheart. So you, so you like that you have more freedom towards More your freedom. Art. Blackheart was supposed to release on Halloween. Okay. Then once we got the okay to release it, it was I think November 11th. I don't remember. 
but it was supposed to release on Halloween. Yeah. And they kept sending it back to us. Are you sure these tracks are good? Whatever. But I was like, I was like talking about it. I was like, bro, we literally produced it and recorded it right in front of our faces. Like we were fine. But Lander's very cautious. It's a good thing. But at the same time, in the sense of like, we're just trying to release shit. It's like, fuck, that's hard. But it's it's an obstacle. Mm-hmm. DistroKid, I got comfortable with it very fast after I published it. Mm-hmm. I just I was just more paranoid making sure I clicked the right files. I was like, fuck. Yeah. I don't want to do something and it's just something I took off of YouTube for the sake of making a TikTok video. Uh-huh. I was like, fucking A, man. So it was good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with that and obviously more music on the way for that. So I've gotten comfortable with the publishing process. I've gotten comfortable with a lot of things. and Still learning, still growing? St- still learning and still growing. I'm, I've done fucking Final Cut since freshman year of high school mm-hmm. before that i did the movie maker windows movie maker yeah hell yeah what live movie maker live movie maker yeah. yeah yeah but final cut i learned in high school as a freshman like uh-huh. i learned it freshman's uh freshman year sophomore year i did two um which was more advanced shit like luma key okay, green okay. screens all that shit um more advanced crop, effects editing. more advanced effects editing and obviously no cinematic shit but i was pretty smart it didn't take me that long to do any visuals that I had. Yeah. Like Man in the Mirror was actually one of the easiest ones for the performance on Urkfest because I did it off of an old school cartoon, <laughs> black and white. Oh, okay. Um, Which was cool because I think I posted it on, uh, I just did it for the fuck of it. I was like, let's post it. It's cool. Let's see what's up. Yeah. And the music's playing, but it's an old school cartoon and it's, it's fine. You know, it's cool. But yeah, so learning final cut was also cool to learn and i didn't do it junior year because junior year was the hardest year for me academically mm-hmm. and that was my first year varsity uh wrestling wrestling um I, I did varsity tournaments as a sophomore but this is my first year doing both jv and varsity and the training was intense so i was like i didn't have time for it and academics was like the number one thing because everyone would tell me junior year is gonna be your hardest year mm-hmm. and it was that shit was i think i had two point nine gpa gpa other than that 3.2 Mm 3.8 3.5 i was fine but junior was the hardest and i was like fuck man this shit's hard yeah but senior year i had i all the hard work paid off and i was like i got early dismissal i have two classes that i need i I don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck fourth the may where it is so i was like i was walking around no fucks given but i was like I had to do wrestling first period. Second period was media or video production. And then uh, I think third period was English. Fourth period was a TA. I didn't uh-huh. have to fucking be there at all. <laughs> Fifth period was government. And I had early dismissal. So I'd be in the mat room mm-hmm. just working out. Yeah. Didn't care. Your zone. I was in my zone. I didn't care. But I was able to get the love of video production back. And obviously I released something before school started my senior year for music actually called Establish 97 one of Kenny's favorite fucking songs ever because it's like I'm being more fluent with the way that I rap yeah and I'm not afraid to talk about that because the way that I sound before versus the way you sound now yeah it's like bro what yeah it's crazy because Ergie and I were listening you see to the improvements the progress it's the building funny because yeah. we listened to shit from years ago the very first song I recorded that I have hidden in secret files that the guys love because it's funny <laughs> And then I listen to new shit now and they're like, you see the improvement? Yeah. And it's like crazy because you see the improvement. 
That's and what it's, it's about. And Ergy was telling me the same thing. Like SoundCloud, you got Samurai Jack, me with mm-hmm. Ergy, or Ichiban, because I was big on this fucking nasty ass in a good way, nasty beats of uh-huh. like gives you like that Asian or that Japanese realm. It's like final boss style. Yeah. Um, Ichiban with Ergy was good, and we recorded that like nothing. Yeah. But if you fast forward it to now, all the shit that we have now, it's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. And seeing the growth, the the way we evolve. Yeah, we I love that our, word, evolve. Mm-hmm. And I and the way we we uh evolve as humans and as, as artists. Artists. Mm-hmm. It's like fuck. Wow. Man. It's there's cr- really no way to to explain it or describe it. It's just like wow. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because yeah. Ergie, I've watched all of us grow, especially Ergie. Literally, like I said, we were upstairs in the guest room, uh-huh. downstairs in the other room, and then we moved to a studio. And when he told me the news about a studio, I was like, "We're yeah. actually going to be in a spot." And he was, yeah. "Yeah." He's like, "My dad has this building, whatever." Blah blah blah. I go in. Oh my God, that shit looks professional. Not saying Perfect. the other ones didn't, yeah. but this looks like he, he doesn't have up. to show anybody his house. Yeah. And it's like, damn, we're reaching goals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're Breaking having limits. fun. We're, we're doing our, our thing. We're loving it. And yeah, there's times, especially Ergie. Ergie's a fucking menace when it comes to working, man. He's a, he's a workhorse when it comes to music. I get envious in a way that's motivating yeah not in a way that's like fuck this yeah i get what you mean fuck man this guy's this guy you're really good i'm trying to be like you i was like teach me like there's times where we would spend when i used to live in corona where we would spend like a whole day together he has like i don't have sessions book just come through yeah and we just produce nice like deja vu i produced it and um i was plugging it into his speakers and i had my computer set up and he's like, I would change this. I would change this real quick. And I'm learning. I'm like, oh, cool. And that was the first beat. I got to see I, you guys work. I got to uh, get into that studio and just see you guys go at it. It's like fun. That. Like, <laughs> it's fun because most of the times I let them produce. Mm-hmm. But this, like I said, this was a fun experiment and turned into something amazing where I produced. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I get to, I get to fucking, I love this. I get to do me. I get to have fun. Yeah, yeah. And create. Deja Vu was by far one of my favorite beats because it it gave it like a certain vibe. But the way we produced it, um, that was the first beat where I did 808s on it. Mm. And I'm, I, in terms of 808s, you have to mix it a certain way yeah. for it to punch through the kick. Okay. So when you feel the kick and the 808, it rumbles. Yeah. That's Ooh. the pow in that. <laughs> I'm not that good yet to be there. And mixing, so I'm learning that. But Deja Vu was pretty, pretty nice. Ergy kind of assisted me, but it was amazing. And I was able to do that comfortably, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, that's that's the whole point with with how they are. And I learn, and I pick from them, and I yeah, it's, and it's I, that mentality of just let's work hard, yeah, make this the best that we can, but. Mm-hmm. Let's have a fuck ton of fun. Yeah, like we fucking crack jokes. There's times where we'll like I'll DoorDash food. Yeah, you guys yeah. want food? Yeah. Like last session, um, what were we doing? I don't think we were doing much. I think I was just there. Mm-hmm. And me and me, Ergie and his girlfriend Nina, we went. We just walked to Farmer Boys, grabbed food, went oh, back. Farmer Boys. Is um, I forgot what we were doing. I just swung by. 
I don't know. I think uh, Midnight was stopping by. But we were all like, just ah, we'll just work on music. And I was just there. Mm-hmm. We're Oh, I think we were going over um, our sets. Okay. That's what we were doing. We were going over the Ergfest sets. Uh, mainly Ergie, because Ergie just wanted our take. So I was like, I'll be there. Fuck it. So I was like, whatever. And they were making fun of me because I'm doing the whole album. Mm-hmm. To like, see, you got a fucking easy. You're not yeah. even doing different singles. Like, no, I'm doing the whole album. <laughs> and I can hear them saying that shit. Like, this motherfucker. Oh, here we go. Here we and they're go. like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and I was like, I perform it in the car yeah. on my way to work, on my way somewhere, just so I can get the flow. I have in ears when I'm there. So I'm going to have fun. Like, it's, it's, we're going to make it fun. But yeah, they were messing with me the entire time. And, um, Obviously, there's certain limitations that we have in certain performances, like Midnight. Um, you know, if he's before me, if he is before me, then anything that features me has to be cut. Yeah. Same with Ergie. If he's before Ergie, same thing. And vice versa. If I were to go on first and I were to perform MIA and Running Man, both have to be cut. It is what it is. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's like, okay, cool. Continuation. Continuation. That's how you work with it. And uh, like if Midnight, uh, one song that I was on, I was only on one song in his album. Ergie was on majority of it. Uh, Tupac. Okay. I just named it that way. I did the hook and everything. Uh-huh. And we were, it was actually a song. It was just random. And Midnight was like, I want to put this on my album. And it's dope because you could fuck with it. Mm-hmm. We had to reproduce it because of the, uh, the, the, I guess there was like a contract with the producer before. Um, we were like, nah, we can make our own. But I did the hook and everything. And like let's say midnight goes on, we can't do our verses. Yeah. So it's like fuck. Unless we were to one day. Fuck it, we could do one day. Yeah. Like we did together uh, the album release party. Yeah. Um. It's just like you know, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. You know. And you know what? The way the way that we are, the way that we grow. Uh huh. You know, you never know. We could be at one spot for the Erg Fest now, and then be at House of Blues the next year. Yep. You never know how much we can grow. But the best thing that you can do is just be ready for anything. That's all you can do. And and I'm the thing with us is they've implemented stay ready. They've always implemented that motto, especially Ergie. Stay ready. Yeah, Ergie's more comfortable. And I gotta talk to Ergie again. <laughs> oh, man, I, if he was here, it'd be funny as fuck. Yes. <laughs> it's it's him. I love him. But um I would love to like next time we do a podcast or just bring him. Yeah. All three just, of us. All three of us. Just have him here. It'd be yeah, fun. That'd but be interesting. Let's do I, it. I would love, I would love to have him here and just be extra with me, but it's just how he is. That's just how he's never changed. Yeah. The only thing that he's changed is his fucking hair, his <laughs> hair, the color of his hair, his facial hair. It's fun. I yeah. love it. But he's, he's always been on the same way that I am. Same wave, same wavelength. Just, perfection we're not in a perfect world but we can better make ourselves. it as close to perfect as we can close to perfect as we yeah. can exactly that's a good model to live by and and he does it without even saying it and yeah. it's crazy because i i admire him a lot i mean our whole group is the same but and it's not because he owns eric studios it's not because of that it's because the way that he moves is the is the reason why we're at we're at Passion passion yeah. just he's like yeah i'll get frustrated sometimes yeah i'll get fucking annoyed but that's part of it that's fucking how, that, that's how we move yeah and it's cool because it's like that guy knows what's up he mm-hmm. knows what we have to do and 
his mind thinks differently than everyone's, not all the time, but to an extent, but he's, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So you can't, don't stress yourself to be ready. Mm-hmm. Stay ready. Yeah. Stay ready every time. Yeah. Be on your toes. Be be motivated to conquer the day, but mm-hmm. stay on your fucking toes. Because the day you're not on your toes is the day you're going to fall flat. Yep. And yeah, there's days where you're going to come across that. Not with what you love to do, but probably just life itself. But at the same time, you grow mm-hmm. and continue. And that's why I, I thank him a lot. Not just him, but everybody in the group. I think mostly him and Kenny because they picked my ass back up. Yeah. They said, nope, you're over here. We need Jay. That's yep. why when I when they would joke around, but they were serious, Petty Jay's the best day, the best Jay. I'm like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, Petty Jay delivers bars yeah. and has a not like no fucks given attitude. That's what Ergie was saying. Mm-hmm. No fucks given. And I'm like, I mean, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty accurate. And the next thing you know, I just don't care. Yeah, you just win it. No, like I'm not dissing people personally unless I do, which I've done before. It really, it really is. Like we can we can talk about so many different aspects of it, but it really is just living through art. Even that in itself, the art of not giving a fuck. Exactly. You got to learn how to execute that you, to the You're not max. reckless. You you know your limits, but you're full speed ahead. All yeah. hands on deck. It's like you have your foundation. Mm-hmm. If not, you're building that foundation. You are not letting anybody or anything, especially people that come in and out of your life, Make any you're not letting them destroy that foundation. Yeah. If they are there, they either contribute to that foundation or they can go somewhere else. Yeah. That's life. That's how we move. But if they're not doing their due diligence, why okay, are they there? Yeah. Let them go. Like there's people fine. that are cool there, but if they're not building that foundation, they can move. Yeah. And that's the way we are. That's mm-hmm. the way all of us are. There's people that we continue to move, and there's times where I've had to pick up the slack with them, and I'm like, fuck. Like, you got to stay ready. These guys are moving. Yeah. But again, it goes back, staying ready. And and because of them, like I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm already good to go. I'm already feeling comfortable. Next time I perform, it's going to be great. It's going to be greater than before. And there will be probably video work, more pictures. I'll most likely hit you up for that too. And it's like, we're ready to go. More art to be made. More art to be made, more content, more... More of everything, more life, more history. Yeah, you know? more experiences. And it's fun, man. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, excited for the future. I don't know what what's coming, but <laughs> it's gonna be freaking nice. It's fun, man. I'm excited. I think all of us have a lot of potential to grow, no matter what we do, yeah. and that is how we move. That's and the focus to keep growing. Keep. I always say that. Keep growing. Keep building. Keep creating. Keep living. Yeah, and and no matter what, you stay one percent better mm-hmm. every day. That's. That's literally the motto. Mm-hmm. And I implement that on so many people that don't see it that way yet. And it's not a bad thing. I don't shove it down people's throats. It's just how you did a, like I said, killer day. Just kill this fucking performance. What's your plan to get 1% What's next? better? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's next? Keep going. You can't, you can't make it seem like you're going to be in a dead end. Mm-hmm. So you have to be like, you ask yourself, is that it? No, it's not it. Let me grow. Let me yeah. move. Like that's how, that's how you do it. So that's why like certain songs that I've done, it's like, what's the move? Mm -hmm. Literally that song is called, what's the move? We're grinding, we're working, we're 
busting her ass, let's continue to move and make more shit happen. Mm -hmm. You make more shit happen, stay eating, stay hungry, keep moving. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm grateful for where I'm at, but I'm far from satisfied. And I think that was the great final words of this two hour and 55 minute Damn. long podcast. This, I think it's the longest one. I love it. Thank you for coming on, man. No, thank you uh, see, for having me, This man. is the type of conversations that I love having because it's like, I relate to you in so many different ways. I see your aspects in this creative, artistic way. Yeah, You see the you. beauty in the world. You see the beauty in people. Definitely, man. And I'm happy to see how your podcast goes and I'm happy to see... You know, we'll definitely bring Ergie next time. I want to. I want to. Yeah, I that's definitely gonna here. happen for sure. Because I need him here. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be very thank interesting. You, thank you for having me, man. I'm truly grateful for Thanks it. Thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you guys for watching. If you guys happen to enjoy, make sure to like and subscribe. If you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast, go over to YouTube because we got video on here too. Any social media links? Anything that you want to give out? Uh, follow, follow me you? on Instagram at at DJ Bowers. Um, obviously, I'm I'm on. You know, Apple Music, Spotify. I got an album out now, 9400, um, on all platforms. If you don't listen to that, um, you have different platforms Apple, uh, Amazon, Google Play, etc. So, Instagram at uh, DJ Bowers. I'm on YouTube at J Bowers Music. Uh, more stuff to come soon. And that's it. Everything's going to be linked down below. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll see you guys all in the next podcast. Peace. We're done. Perfect. Two hours and 56 minutes. Yeah.